Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, October 31st, 2022. Thank you for joining us today. And as I was saying previously, that'll be confusing for some. A really important show today, yes. and we're, we're going to get into some important, like this is one of those shows, and I'm glad Scott's joining me today. Joining me today will be Scott Armstrong of Rebunked, of Pirate Street Media Now. Yes. How thank, are you today? Thank you, Ryan. I'm excellent. Thank you, as always, for having me on. I always appreciate it. It was an honor. And I'm glad he's here today because there's a lot to get into, and I do like having somebody to bounce these ideas off of because there's a lot of interesting thoughts that come to mind with what we're going to get into today. And it's going to be one of these longer shows. It can't promise it'll be four hours like some people actually like, but it's all encompassing, I think, from foreign policy to everything that's going on. And so we're going to get into foreign policy to start. Some really important overlaps, Ukraine and so on, that I think are really important, actually, in regard to Elon Musk even and Twitter, but also COVID-19. But then we're going to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter and this conversation around why this has suddenly become important. And it's not necessarily about Elon Musk, even though it's part of it. It's, it's a, a very alarming overlap to where this is going, how that seems to pacify some of the... At just like with Trump in 2020, as I see it, the people that would be the most resistant are suddenly being pacified by the fact that he's there, even though his direction and all the things that are happening, digital ID pipeline we just talked about, that's, you know, Twitter's essentially filling that role. And I find it very concerning. And then what Tesla's involved in, read the title and you'll see ahead of time. And we're also going to talk about, uh, oh, and interestingly, censorship on Twitter, which we'll get into. We're also going to talk about Bill Gates, rather the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funding some really concerning research in 2017 that overlaps with where we are now that could be, you know, call us conspiracy theorists, possibly being used and concerning in regard to the time released of microparticles or rather microparticles with time release possibility for both solids, for liquids, for basically anything. And I'll read the science for you when we get there. It's, it really did concern me when I went over it. You know, it, is, it sounds really spooky. It does. Which is, which is very apt for it being Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that it's something that if you brought up on Twitter and just literally said exactly what it said in the title, they're like, it's conspiracy theory. You know, it all shoot you down until they can see it. And even then be like, is it funded by the right? Oh, and then it's not the good peer-reviewed science, you know, however that works. We're going to talk about some WikiLeaks stuff that's interesting, and I'll get into explaining why that's important today. But there's an overlap with a, a document that I find very revealing. But also we're going to get into the weird Halloween celebration in in South Korea and the supposed stampede and collapses, but simultaneously 50 heart attacks and why that is not being that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Stampedes and heart attacks seem to be uh, kind of uh, symbiotic in a lot of ways. Yeah, apparently, if you you want to blind your eyes to what's really going on. Right. But as well as a bunch of other stuff. But let's just jump right into it. There's no shortage to get into today of information. But I want to start with the foreign policy conversation here. And this one, I think, is an important way to start. Also, just just in case, give me a heads up in the chat. Let us know we sound good, the video's good, and that we're looking good going forward. And uh, also on a quick side note, I think it's important for people to know that what we're looking to do, one of the things we talked about with Pirate Street Media, even though it's not necessarily necessary, we have things we're using, is using money that we're going to try to collect to get a high-level studio. For all three of us, but also as we grow so we can broadcast as piracy media, but also what we do independently and, you know, really bring this to the next level, which is one of the reasons that we're floating the idea that we need your support more than ever. 
right? I mean, and, and that's just for those that want believe in what we're doing, not because you're going to get some trinket in return. But you know, we also have T-shirts, whatever else you want. That. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is this is uh, investing in, in the future of truth and just having an, uh, a way and means for people to communicate. You know, right? And I right. think ideally is to eventually grow and have our own platform because, as we know, you know, we are at the beck and call and at the whims of these tech platforms mm-hmm. and even ones that are, you know purport to be censorship free censorship resistant like rumble i know you have very strong opinions about rumble, <laughs> and i share those opinions and then kind of those uh like just being wary of them you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. but but still still like being at the whim of these big tech companies is never a good place to be when you're building a business around that sort of thing right you don't right. want to have like all of a sudden like as we've seen people's entire businesses and income wiped out in a split second, yep, you know, yep. and it's not a place we want to be. As Even the honest ones. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, cause, cause they may not necessarily want to, but they get leaned on and then it comes exactly. to choosing for that company between their company yeah. and protecting free speech. And totally. most of them won't make the choice that we would think is the right choice, exactly. you know? And it's, you know, I mean, you even had to get into considering the, what they have to go through and their employees, but free speech is all we care about at this point. Right. Yep. That's what it's, it's paramount. Exactly. But also, I was going to jokingly point out that I keep forgetting that you guys, when we have this view, you can see my pants and you realize <laughs> that I'm wearing blue sweatpants with a coat. But, you know, that's how most of these places you, you realize you're in underwear with a coat when you're on the news yeah. or whatever else. But exactly. I'm, I won't I, I hate it, but I'm laughing about it today. So we're going to keep it and I won't I be happy. Awesome. Again. <laughs> no Jeffrey Tubin. No Jeffrey Tubin. You're good. But but in going back to the point here. So th- this is some really interesting and, and important stuff. Now, oh, actually, let's. Uh, I, I do want to see if this works, and I don't know if that was what caused the problem because I want you to see these things. Okay. Uh, but just I'm, my, my, what I'm saying that for is I'm going to share this so Scott can see it too. But what you're looking at here is a post from Hassan Mafi, who I've recently started following because he's been showing a lot of really important stuff and the contrast between whether we're talking about Iran or, or Ukraine or any conversation like that. And this one says, if I can zoom yeah. in on this, here we go. Yeah. Oh, so this was this was a picture that was shared on an Instagram saying that Iran is a regime that shoots at kids, children, teenagers and students, etc. Which, first of all, if anyone's paying attention, the first thought should be. What about Israel? (laughs) What what about the fact that the Israeli government has a policy of doing that, of allowing shooting at children for throwing rocks and whatever else? Right. But the interesting thing is, this is a fake picture. Which is not surprising to anybody that that happens even like someone could argue they faked it because they're just trying to make a point or whatever. But that's not what's happening here. They're acting like this is a fit, something that was taken and making the argument that this is what Iran is like and so on. Now, it says the origin of this picture is from a police operation in 2015, which led to the arrest of several armed robbers. Now, here's the interesting part. As you can see. Well, that was why <laughs> I'm stupid. As you can see, if you scroll down. That's the actual guy. Right. So that's the guy right here with the gun. And all he did was crop the guy out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then put it as a woman on the ground. You can see the photo. You really can. But the point is that this gets shared and spread. And and the point is not that it's not either. It's, you know, tricking. The point is that there's a a constant and it's not just Iran. This is just the talking point. This kind of stuff is everywhere. And people believe it because they want to. They ignore it if they don't think it aligns with what, you know, th- this is everywhere, but it's constantly being shared and used to argue that this is what they're doing. Now, ask yourself this. If they had to fake it, is it really that prevalent? Is that really what's happening? Now, yeah. I'm no supporter of really any government at this point, no. but I just think it's very telling. And I was finished what he says here. 
It's a well-known actress. She played in Extraction, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. At least several million people saw that Instagram picture, and I'm sure they were filled with anger and hatred. So a pr- the person that shared it was very popular, famous actress. You know, and that's what happens. They create the momentum, and then it becomes anti-Iran sentiment, or anti-government, yeah. which bleeds into becoming anti-Iran sentiment. Yeah. It says, this is how they manipulate you into hating Iran and Iran's police. Don't believe these people. Don't believe you here, and so on. Factor into that that maybe he has an agenda to be more pro Iran, you know, as always question everything, mm-hmm. but my God, if that's not insulting, like this is the kind of stuff we see some from Ukraine everywhere else. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, just like that. I mean, this is just wag the dog, like just, uh, you know, trying to invoke a certain emotional response to a situation that we have no information about. Mm-hmm. We have no concept of anything that's going on over there. Really. Oh, here, just so you can see it. It says a regime which shoots It's right there. Yeah. So that's alarming to be, you know, the level of propaganda that they're resorting to in order to form a certain opinion tells you all you need to know, really, you know, yeah, right. Um, and whether this was like state actors or, you know, just a group of kids having a laugh, like who knows where this originated. But, uh, you know, so I don't know. I, I mean, I don't where do I even get valid information about what's going on over there? Question everything. You know, it's like it's, it's like it's trickling down is like through, from ABC or CBS or BBC. It's like, no, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not buying it. And add to that. They have a basically blanket ban on press TV, you know, any of these places that you might think are very least giving the other side of the story, even if they're like leaning pro Iran. I I argue you can't find media, even even let's take ourselves, for example. If you really fine tune, went through all of what we do, I'm sure you could pick out a bias somewhere that we're not even aware of. Yeah. You know, that we have, everyone's got their biases. Always factor that in. The point is just that it's, it's, they're censoring the the argument and then giving theirs. And as you pointed out, even if it's kids just doing it because they think it's funny, it then becomes shared by a woman with a million followers yeah. and that becomes reality. Yeah. You know, yep. it's, it's very, very frustrating. But this brings us over into the conversation of Ukraine. Now, Slow News Day shared something that I thought was very important to, to, to share. And <laughs> actually, not only does it show you these people are outwardly, vitriolic you know, that they're they're calling for people's pain and suffering if they have the wrong ideas as corporate media pe- individuals but also that they're not that bright <laughs> i think this is funny progressive Demo- oh excuse me corporate media this is a politician i think i see them in the same boat progressive democrat uh dr Unuk, running for congress in ohio openly wished death on wyatt reed she deleted her tweet minutes after he grabbed this, but this is what it said. So he, this is the tweet in October 6th that he shared. We covered this. That says, in, in my hotel in Donetsk, Donetsk just got hit by Ukraine artillery strike. This was, by the way, after other people in the media were the ones pointing at that. Eva Bartlett was there, right? They knowingly targeted journalists. I watched massive explosions rock the intersection of the area moments before recording this video while walking back. If I'd returned 30 seconds earlier, he'd have been killed. She follows up. And it's very obvious what she's wanting to say. And I argue she read the first sentence and responded, you should have stuck around another minute or so. <laughs> As if, like, you should have stayed there so you wouldn't have been part of what got bombed. Yeah. But apparently she didn't read the entire tweet that said that he was on his way back. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Because she's clearly saying, like, you should have stuck around yeah. to be part of it. That's my opinion. Yeah. But I think it's funny because if you read just the first sentence, my hotel just got bombed. And then the, video, the image shows the hotel. She's thinking he was coming back. I argue. Yeah. I just think it's funny. She's reading the first sentence and responding, and that's what people like that do. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because uh, Steve, Slow News Day, and Wyatt, I've actually hung out with those two in real life. Like, we were hanging, like, we went hiking in the Nevada desert, man. Nice. Like, yeah, these are my people right there. Nice. Like, shame on you, Vanessa. Wyatt's, yeah, I, I never met Wyatt, but I, his work is, is very yeah. important. Yeah, he's my dude right there. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, and it says, he says, uh, oh, I thought that was Wyatt. In any case, the point is just that she 
responded in a way that was meant to imply that he that she wishes negative bad things on him. Yeah. You know, and we've seen that from a lot of people in the corporate media, especially people in the Ukrainian yeah. government. And that happens constantly yeah. that they yeah. don't want to point at. But going forward, the point is that these are the kind of people, those are the kind of people that are running for, oh, oh, actually, never mind. I, that, that, I, there was a point that I wanted to read as well, is what he said about this. I think I just had it lined up improperly. Hold on. Oh, I, I guess I forgot it. Well, the point was, let me see if I can scroll back on it real quick. Nope. Shoot. Well, the point, I'll just tell you what I just, I wanted to show you. The point was what Wyatt wrote. Mm. And I just, I guess I just forgot to grab it. Let me just see if I can do this real quick. The point was that he wrote, here is a woman running for Congress. And essentially talking about what's happening in her area and how bad it is. And except, oh, you know what? Never mind. I did forget it. It wasn't even Wyatt. I'm sorry. I'm being confusing. I'm realizing I forgot something. The point was, it was somebody pointing out that these people running for Congress. Russia's state affiliated media. I'm sure you've talked about that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Many, many times. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to be, you know, just disjointed. The point was simply that somebody's pointing out that one of these people running for Congress, and I believe it was the same person, spoke up and said, essentially, that this other person running for Congress dared to say we shouldn't fund Ukraine. And that's the only thing they're talking about, their entire platform. Meanwhile, the place that you're running has one of the, lo- the lowest quality of life, the lowest, yeah. you know, all the people are suffering, they can't feed their families, but that's what we care about, right? Yeah. Ukraine and funding Ukraine. It yep. just shows you that that's, the, that that's what they think they're supposed to be doing, mm. you know, which just bothers me. I, I, I know I have it. I guess I forgot to bring it up. Oh, well. It's all good. But going to the next point, this is an interesting reality about what's happening with all the money that they're using you know, making you emotionally react to what's happening and then sending it over to open fascists in Ukraine. Except guess what? Most of it's, as we already heard in the past reporting and not even going there, somebody on the ground reported that it was up to 30, you know, at most 30%, which was actually making it to where it's supposed to go. And yet here's what's on top of that. In in one location, just imagine what's going on. And also in your mind, think about if this is happening, you know, what other kinds of trafficking are happening? Human trafficking, child trafficking, sex trafficking, all across. But of course. This is the Finnish police. Weapons sent to Ukraine end up on Europe's black market. Crazy. And it's like in real time. Police in Finland have launched an investigation into the smuggling of Western weapons sent to Ukraine, which return back to Europe. There's no way you can read that and not see that that means that Ukraine is involved in that process. That's in my, I mean, and that, that's in taking in involving, involving all the other information we have showing that they are in fact doing that, even with the 70% that wasn't showing up. But in, in the question is, is this the, military of ukraine or rather the government of ukraine selling these weapons to other people including very bad people that we're going to point at mm-hmm. or is it just clumsy malfeasance where the weapons are just falling into the wrong hands i'm sure that's how they'll play it yeah right yeah. but i mean it's, ahead, it's the same old same old story same old song and dance and like these military or you know the the mic companies lockheed martin anyone that's producing these weapons they don't care mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. no they have no incentive to uh you know, have any sort of like lobbying to oversight this type of stuff. They just want these weapons out in the world. That's it. They have shareholders to answer to. They need to ramp up manufacturing. They need to produce more weapons this year than they did last year. They need to produce more weapons next year than they did this year. And by ever, whatever means, that means we need to create more wars, more conflicts. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, guys. Like, we all know this. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care. As long as their weapons are being manufactured and disseminated all over the world, then they're totally fat and happy and nobody cares. So right, just speaking from like a weapons manufacturing perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah so totally. Great. This is great. This is good for business. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah. This is exactly what we want. 
And it's like, they're like, thank God we have Ukraine who's willing to take all this stuff that we're giving them and put them on the black market so they can ask for more next year. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is the best thing to happen to, uh, you know, the military industrial complex that, you know, I've seen in a long time. Great. And, Keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's a great point. I mean, yeah. the reality is, and I argue this is why they're so desperately trying to frame them as altruistic, mm-hmm. whether that's like the vaccine companies or the, ma- or the weapons manufacturers, like, or UK arguing that weapons are green because they're used for fighting for freedom or, you know, that, that's how they, and these people, or whether it's vaccine companies or muni- or wep- merchants of death is what we should call the, yeah. both of them actually, but the weapons exactly. manufacturers is that they have a profit, mo- mo- uh, profit motive in selling these things. And that's all that ultimately matters to them. And they'll play the card about wanting to do right by the world and save things because that's perfect for their business yeah you know they don't care about the good and the bad at the end of the day the worst thing they could do is give this to some moral country that is actually implementing these things for actual defense and then there's a finite resource it's like we don't need any more weapons we're good we have all the weapons we need oh i see what you mean right right when you have a country like ukraine that's willing to just like shoot them out the back door and be like hey where'd all those weapons go we need more send us more we need seven trillion dollars next month or whatever he said gold mine it's the best thing that happened to him in a long time yeah that's a good point i mean it's it's the it's like the idea of of um planned obsolescence you know like anything they make today it's not smart business in their minds to make something that suddenly or that works forever exactly like make a break in a month and we'll buy another one same thing yeah yeah planned obsolescence right. of the, the military aid. Now it goes on to say weapons originally sent as military aid to Ukraine, including assault rifles, pistols, grenades, combat drones had been found in multiple European countries. Now, again, I think about how dumb it is that they're going, Iran is giving drones to Russia. It's terrorists, except that's exactly what they're doing along with everything else. And then those drones end up in the hands of other yeah. unsavory characters in Europe. Yeah. And except what dr- Iran does it, it's bad guy stuff. And when they do it, it's for freedom. It's just such a childish yeah. binary. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it says the authorities believe that quote, three of the world's largest motor- motorcycle gangs, three of the largest, the world's largest had reactivated their smuggling routes awesome. because of Ukraine. Power weapons. Cool. <laughs> so we're, we're bringing back some of these large, some of these re unactive or I guess deactivated, smuggling routes for these gangs because of the fact that there's so much to be had. Like, yeah. think about what that shows you. The black market is thriving because of what the U S government is doing. That's awesome. I'm, I'm voting for the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, right. awesome, They're probably more moral today than what we're dealing yeah, with. Exactly. They're rolling. They deserve to have these like rocket launchers. <laughs> awesome. Dude. It says Finland has sent nine shipments of military aid to Ukraine. Nine. Think about that in the context of what we're talking about. We don't think about, we're very country centric where we're like, what have we done? What has our government sent? Right. Finland, every other country in Europe, they've all had their own sending of millions of dollars, trillion. Just the U.S. government has been sent billions, if not trillions of dollars, because well, you include the non-military aid, they say. But I, I haven't seen a factor, a, a number of what they've gotten in total from every country. It's probably mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. And then realize yeah. that there's no way that's only going to Ukraine and only for weapons. No. There's much more happening here. No, this is a complete, like, money laundering. Just, the, this is the biggest cash grab since, like, it might be. printing money off of, like, uh, you know, with all the CARES Act and PrEP Act and all that stuff. Like, this is the biggest, like... COVID-19 was one of the largest transfers yeah. of wealth in history, exactly. but could this be bigger? I yeah, mean, it, it seems be. like it. It could be. It could be. Well, <laughs> just in a sheer amount of, like, money printing. Yeah. That was, like, the whole COVID thing. And now they're like, okay, now how do we, like, Wash this money. Bam. Oh, it's like, the yeah, there you go. There you, you go. Print the money with COVID and then you wash it with Ukraine. Yeah. There yeah. Go. Good point. Yeah. It goes on to say the last delivery was sent in October. The aid included 2,500 rifles and, and an amount of, and an amount of 150,000 cartridges. That's a weird way to say that local media reported. And this is on July 22nd. 
Europol, Europol, so that's not some flimsy thing. This is, you know, Europol released a statement saying that, quote, the proliferation of firearms and explosives in Ukraine could lead to an increase in weapons and munitions trafficked into the EU via established smuggling routes or, or online platforms. So this is not some conspiracy theory on platform. This is Europol saying, look, these weapons are going into the hands of our gangs in these areas. You know, it's just it's just gross, and you can't you can't point this out. Otherwise, you're I guess what un-American or anti-freedom or whatever they're trying to frame you for today. Uh, it's yeah. just it's it's rampant lawlessness is what yep. it is. Yep. Now here's an interesting uh, poll. This is interesting because this comes from a correspondent for Bloomberg Television. Now the only reason I think I say that as it means something is because in the concept of the average person, that's main corporate media, right? So there, it has more standing, even though I don't think that is the truth. But he, this, it's important because of what she's saying here. A second audio, which, by the way, I can't find. So factor that in. It seems everyone's calling her out. Like, Where's the audio? What's going on? From uh, Ber- Berlusconi has leaked in which he is heard saying Ukraine violated the Minsk deal. Zelensky tripled act tax on Donbass and pushed Putin to a special operation that was supposed to last a week, but escalated after the West sent money and weapons to Kiev. I mean, that's the exact opposite of what the governments want you to think. And it's coming from a corporate media person saying, continuing, saying uh, uh, they say that he'd rather not say out loud what he thinks about Zelensky Then continues. I don't see how Putin and Zelensky can talk unless there's an, in- an intervention. The war won't end. Wor- worth noting, this is a private co- conversation where Bulusconi asked for maximum discretion. Now, it says he personally and uh, for uh, what is this Forza Italia generally now on damage control, saying that leaked audios were taken out of context and are part of a larger conversation. Of course, that's always the way to play it. Anyway, the point was, they're, they're pointing out that behind the scenes, these high-level individuals involved with the government and the media are, are essentially saying exactly what's going on and not out loud. And what's interesting is that that's, you know they're following up saying, no, they're lying or whatever else, but it's an interesting contrast to what they're saying, and this is coming from a corporate media person. I just find that interesting. So what's your thoughts? Is she playing a game here? Oh, well, I mean, it's always suspicious and dubious when you make claims like this without any sort of mm-hmm. material. Like, like, mm-hmm. where is this recording? What are you even saying? Like, right. like come on. Like, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I just find it interesting that it comes from a corporate media platform. Sure. When, you know, when this is a, this is a person in the government that there is, she's claiming as a part of the corporate media that they said that. Right. So even if it's fake, it's like, what does that show you? That the corporate media lies to you? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, this doesn't work for them in any way possible. So I'd be surprised if it was, you know, not it, it, she didn't think it was real yeah you know yeah, it's yeah. interesting though we'll have to see it flesh out yeah, I guess. but it just simply shows you that this narrative is completely falling apart it's because the reality is slipping out yeah here's another interesting overlap this is the former head of israel's secret service saying Zelensky is a quote disgrace to the jewish people for nazi support <laughs> i mean yeah they're, they're, they're just picking up on this story like the whole ukraine azov story like come on yeah well well people people remember in in israel there were numerous people even in the government or the media that, that made these points there even pre the ukraine uh, russia invasion of ukraine there was conversations about this where it was showing that israel was supporting nazis in ukraine that was written by israeli media yeah you know and so the point is it just shifts because of the focus now but it's even slipping out around that way and, and the point all they can say is well Exactly. He's Jewish. Therefore, what you say isn't true or possible. Well, obviously, that's not true. Yeah. So as I always point out, is there's plenty of examples of Jewish people working with Nazis throughout World War II. So it's a dumb argument. Yeah. They just hope that you are scared to get into it. Right. Yep. It's, it's in it's in Hebrew. So you can watch it for yourself. But I find this to be very important. Now, Wyatt Reed also pointing out exactly in the con- the overlap to that discussion that this is nothing new. They've done this 
in every possible way throughout history. Here is Bush says Saddam even worse than Hitler. <laughs> right? As Gaddafi, the new Hitler, uh, 2011. Sean Spicer on Assad. Even Hitler didn't use chemical weapons. Well, neither does Assad. <laughs> that's the point. I mean, what? that's some Holocaust denial right there, because didn't he use, like, uh, some Zyklon? Oh, yeah, right. Well, I think their point is, like, yeah. chemical bombs. or I don't even yeah. know. The point is, yeah. I, I argue they don't even care if it doesn't line up. It's about Assad bad guy. Like, yeah. they'll just lie themselves into a corner every day. Yeah. And then again, is Putin, Putin the new Hitler? Literally fighting against open fascist and literal Nazis on the ground. And they're like, is Hitler? It's just yeah. the stupidest. I mean, and this is the funniest part that we always point out, right? Is that while they're arguing, they're running on a platform of like equity and sustainability and non-racism and, you know, fighting against white supremacy and the right. They're openly funding the most obvious iteration of Nazis and neo-Nazis and fascists yeah. in existence. Exactly. Today. <laughs> exactly. Openly. They're not even, it's... they're not even like uh, hiding the fact that, they're, that they are, that that's their affiliation, their allegiance and uh, right. their ideology and all that stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, I almost wonder if it's meant to be seen for that reason. Like, it's that stupid, is it not? Like, it's it's like anything else. It's like having an, an, an anti-fascist group that literally is fascist. Like, I almost feel like they're doing these things on purpose. I just don't see how it can be that openly, outwardly ridiculous if yeah. it wasn't somewhere in the – I don't know. Just my thoughts, but yeah. it's that stupid. And maybe they are just that that incompetent. I wouldn't. I it so. wouldn't surprise me. I think they are. <laughs> Well, on to Syria in general, the point is that, that, again, as they're going Russia, Ukraine, sovereignty, and everything else, which there's obviously a conversation to be had there, but we have to realize how much how much dishonest information has been pumped out by the Ukraine and the U.S., the West. But while that's happening, no hypocrisy, no, no irony here. The U.S. has no plans to withdraw from Syria or end sanctions, official says. Despite claiming its presence in Syria is solely to fight ISIS, except that's not been the case for a very long time. U.S. forces instead maintain regime change policies against Damascus, right? And again, explain for me how this statement from Spicer, oh, is this tweet right here, aligns with we're here to stop ISIS, right? I mean, obviously they're gay, and openly we're saying we're here to remove Assad. I mean, that's what they would say. But now they are reverted back to we're only here to fight ISIS, except, and burn wheat fields and steal oil and, you know, all of it. it's, just, it's just insulting. This is what they're really doing. And meanwhile, it's only bad when the other people do it. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on this is an interesting point in regard to Ukraine and the escalation there is that NATO has, is very clearly ramping up its escalation, except there's no justification to do so, even fr- from uh, Norway's perspective. It says Norway raises military readiness, but their prime minister says no direct threat. So think about how ridiculous that is. So and this is today. They're saying we are raising or it, if Russia raises their military readiness, the West frames that as threats as military movement as their th- war is coming right all the time when they do it oh it's just normal stuff and you know practices and whatever else and it's just, just downplayed the point is from russia's perspective you see nato countries rising militarily mm-hmm. even if they go well we're not you know we're not doing anything with it it's the same thing they said with him rising his reserves right so as they say we're current we currently have no reason to believe that russia wants to involve norway or any other country directly in the war but the war in Ukraine means it's necessary for all NATO countries to be increasingly on their guard, which is the biggest problem with what NATO has done with you know, post 9-11, Article 5, I believe, the idea of saying that you attack one of us, you attack all of us, and that's how this works. And so now you're watching this NATO monster rise, and Russia's going to have to respond to that, yeah. just like they would. And it's, yeah. they're, they're making this happen, is yeah. my point. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it really reminds me, too, of like, you know, I've read bits and pieces, parts of like, you know, tragedy and hope, the Carol Quigley book. And like, one of the things that really stood out was like their description of world war one. And like part of what they attributed 
Like, like it's almost like the, like they described it as a, it got to the point where, uh, you know, it got to the point of no return. And basically once they mobilize troops, you know, it's like, if you think about the boots on the ground, like what that looks like, you know, it's like you, you call these villages and they get all the men together and they gather all their belongings and pack their backpacks. And then they start marching towards a certain destination. And it's like the mobilization of all these troops, basically, you know, before the time of mass communication, mm-hmm. you know, once you mobilize these troops, it's hard to call them back. And it's like, well, right. we almost have to go to war now. We have no way to backtrack out of this situation. That's, that's an interesting you point. Know? You could also argue that they feel like essentially like they need to to do something to justify the money spent to get them there. Sure, exactly, that's, yeah, exactly. that's interesting. I didn't even think like about it like that. Just like the, once you once you get you, you get to a certain point where it's like there's a point of no return. Yeah, and and uh, it feels like there's it's like we're just steadily marching towards that, and it's like the whole world is screaming for peace. Everybody is saying, seriously. What are you guys doing? Stop right now! At least come to the table and talk. Like, what is going on here? But mm-hmm. like, no, no, we gotta just keep. We just gotta keep going. We just need right. Money. Well, what's important right there is that they're not even, like that. Answer would be more acceptable than what they're doing. They're actually going no. Like, you know, how dare you suggest like like suggesting that calls for peace are extreme. Like doing so, they even sure. pointed at Musk and Trump calling exactly. for peace talks, and they're like, "That's that's concerning," says nuclear expert. Exactly. <laughs> like, what are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. It's it is Orwellian, yeah. you know. So yeah. people that are calling for peace are the ones calling for war, and the ones screaming, "We need more action!" Are the ones that are fighting for peace. Yeah. That's it, that's actually what they're saying. Yeah, and, and and it's the ones like this could stop tomorrow if everyone just said, "Fine, yeah, we're not going to uh, you know continue NATO. We're not going to we're not going to push further." Right. Like it's really the ones that are screaming for no peace are really the aggressors in this whole thing. Absolutely. And I I would argue, and this is my opinion. Of course, people will call me pro Russia for this, which is weird, but that I would argue and based off the action thus far, what he's already shown, which was not overtaking Ukraine, which seemed like what they wanted him to do essentially has, has confirmed as secured these areas, the Donbass collective region, the Crimea region, the, the Kherson region. He's, he's, you know, arguably these Russian speaking areas are now under his protection. Now I would argue if the U S backed out, which would leave Ukraine without any ability to fight. Russia would then secure that area and back. Yeah. That's what I would argue. Yeah, now, if, yeah. if it happened otherwise, then I, I would say, well, there's, there's a clear effort to like, I mean, you could also counterbalance that by saying it's understandable why a group like a government like Russia would, if concerned about the obvious fascist threat, that's openly threatening their people while they might be motivated to do something about that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same argument as why the fake narrative of why the U S government does the same thing. They have a real example of that right there. I still don't argue it's, it makes sense for them to just occupy the country. Yeah. I don't agree with that in any sense. Yeah. But it's funny how the U.S. can be like moderate rebels in the side of the world. Yeah. Or rather, excuse me, that's who they were working with. You know, terrorists, bad guys over there. So we have to occupy the country. But then Putin's not allowed to do something. You see what I mean? Like, it's just hypocritical. It's all double standards. And what we're seeing is the fact that people are up and marching around the world exactly. in every possible way. As this is my a Mick Wallace. Always doing a great job calling this stuff out from uh, from Ireland. War is stupid, and our equally stupid politicians are promoting the war to facilitate the U.S. NATO agenda. We want peace. Tens of thousands of people in Prague today, and this was on the 28th, to end the sanctions on Russia. You won't see this on the corporate media. No. Europeans don't want to starve and freeze for Zelensky and Ursula von der Leyen. Now, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. I'm agreeing. Like, I'm just like, it's just, this stuff just makes me upset. Yeah. Well, it's the fact is that it's not all cut and dry. Yeah. Right. They definitely, I'll turn that. They definitely want people to think that this is everybody agrees. And if you don't, you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever else. And it's not, it's not just, it's not just, uh, in Prague. 
There's a lot of examples of this. This is Germany. Thousands gathered to protest against the EU and its disastrous economic policies, starting with EU sanctions on Russia. You probably won't see protests like this cover in the corporate media where they've been canceled. You know, I mean, but this is this is the Great Reset. You know, the Great Reset is, you know, requires, you know, a big collapse of everything. And so, like it says right there, economic policies, disastrous economic policies. Mm -hmm. Like we're people are thinking that all the turmoil, all the economic, you know, the inflation, the economic turmoil, the the, the energy crisis, specifically in Europe, like this is like some happenstance thing. Like, no, this is their policies that are creating these events. Right. You know exactly. I mean? And they just blame deliberate. Putin. This is deliberate. This is the collapse of Western civilization to bring about the Great Reset. This is this is what it is. I agree. I mean, yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, as far as being able to prove that's explicitly like what it is, I argue, yes, I agree with that. But I, I think that people, you, there's arguments you made that it's not as specifically defined, yeah. but I, I think it's from a top level down, like some higher level people definitely see this yeah. either as an opportunity. That's the only line I would draw. Like maybe these things were done for different reasons. They capitalized on it, but either way, everything happening is leading us in the same direction. Yeah. It, that's impossible to miss. Yeah. And you're, to your point, these things are, are, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a one plus one equals two. So they are creating policies that then, and I mean, in fact, in the, directing them to shut down organic farms or, exactly. you know, whatever else, then going, Oh, it's Putin's fault. We have no food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. It's really dumb. And people haven't even, it hasn't even caught up yet. It hasn't well, even caught I would see, how, do you think that, or is that yeah. what they're projecting? Well, I'll Cause I think you. these protests show a different picture, I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying like the scarcity and like, you know, with the, the Netherlands and like them requiring them to cull all their cattle, like we won't right. really affect a lot of this stuff until like, six months, a year down the road. I think what we're seeing now is the effects that were kind of put into place 18 months ago are just starting to catch up to yeah. where, we're, where we're at now, you know, specifically with food production, man. Like people are going to wake up and there's going to, you know, potentially be no food. I'm seeing it right now. Like, okay. So I've like, one of my favorite things in life is sriracha sauce. Mm. Okay. <laughs> sriracha sauce. That's like my favorite thing in the world. And I didn't realize this. I noticed this hasn't been on the shelf for the last few months. And like Kroger's had like a knockoff version, mm -hmm. their own, their own, uh, you know, version of it. And that's been getting me by, but all of a sudden, like I've noticed the last week that hasn't even been on the shelf. And I'm like, what is going on here? And so I, you know, looked it up, did an internet search, just like I typed in a sriracha shortage, just like, joking. <laughs> and sure enough, there's all kinds of like CNN articles, like Weird. the sriracha shortage, what to, what to know, what to do now. I'm like, oh, so it's an actual thing. So there is a sriracha shortage. And apparently it's because all of like the, the chilies that they needed to produce it. There was like a disaster of a, like that. They weren't able to be mass produced to the level that they needed. What was the disaster? I That's... don't know. I don't know. I didn't look. To, I was like so discouraged. And then it said there's a cascade of events that occurred that made it so that now there's no sriracha on the shelf. And now you can get like, you know, they're selling bottles of it for like 20 bucks on the black market. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, so it's... there you go. Like this, it's, it's impacting me and it's yeah, really yeah. disrupting my life. Well, what's funny <laughs> though, is that the way you frame that is a disaster. That's an interesting state word for them to use because that doesn't make it sound like, yeah. oh, the, the ongoing world events led to this. That seems like a random fire at this chili plant, you know, or a chili, chili farm. Like that seems to line up with all these random fires and these distribution yep. plants and meat packing. Like it, it's just very strange. I mean, yep. it, question everything guys. I yep. think there's very clearly actions being taken, whether by, you know, aggressive protesters that are you know violent radical protesters out there burning things down like we've seen in the past or the, yeah. the rebellion animal people whatever else yeah certainly but either way it's all leading us in the same direction whether you're manipulated to do it or not now this yeah. is interesting i wanted to, before we move on i wanted to share this about the protest part of this now this is important to see as this person writes this is what it looks like when people are no longer afraid 
So act brave and self-conscious. Interesting what is happening here on a purely psychological level. Now, what happens is, and I'm in no way calling for violence. These people are non-violently protesting, and they're standing there. The cops run at them violently, which, by the way, almost always creates violence in return. Then they blame you for violence, right? But they don't. These people stand strong, and they have their, some of them have their hands in the air. Watch what the cops do when you're not pushing back. They want you to respond, I argue, because that gives them justification, right? Watch this. Quite a bit different, huh? Yeah, wow. That's right. No one's rushing them. A lot of them have their hands up, right? The point they did, what are they going to do? You're going to run up and beat up a bunch of people with their hands in them? Some in the U.S. probably, right? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, a couple of things got thrown. But overall, they're right. This is a good experiment in, in psychological, you know, like the police clearly felt like they didn't win that exchange and backed yeah. away. Oh, yeah. That's important. Yeah. Anyway, now, I mean, it, it, it read too much into it. I just think it's important that we conduct ourselves in the appropriate way. And this is why they include things like age of provocateurs, people that go out there and break windows and do things that then get blamed on the people protesting. Yeah. So they use that as justification. So just as they say, brave, self-conscious, right? And yeah. I argue nonviolent. I think it's the only way to go Absolutely. about this. There's zero violence. Like that, that's the only way we are able to, you know, imagine fast forward someday where we do have some victories, which I feel like we're starting to see, you know, the only way that it has any sort of meaning is if we maintain the moral high ground, like they, they have this fictitious moral high ground and that's how they justify all their actions. They mm-hmm. say, we are the moral authority. Therefore, we can lie, deceit, censor. We can instigate violence because we are the good people and they are the bad people. That yeah. is their that is their ideology. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But for us to have any sort of meaningful long-term victories and for it to be any sort of sustainable victory, we need to maintain the nonviolent moral high ground. We just absolutely have to. There's yeah. no way that we have to, that we, you know, and that's not to say that we don't use, you know, personal self-defense and stuff, but, you know. Yeah, well, that, that's a different, I would argue. It's a whole different category. Yeah. But but yeah, the the initiation of violence in any way, shape, or form on our end, or advocating for it, or anything that's completely off the table. Like we can't, it wouldn't be a victory in that case. It would yeah. not be a victory if we were to sink to that level. Yeah, we just got to be better we, yeah. in every way, whether it's the media or the platforms or the partisan stuff. Yeah. Just be better. We can't. We play their game. That's where it will go. You know. Yeah. But yeah, to your point though, I think it's important that we always, which you know, what you were saying, include that point that you know, if you're if you're attacked. I don't care what ideology you're talking about. You always have the right to defend yourself Absolutely. or your family, yep. you know, that kind of thing. And so I don't consider that violence necessarily. No. I mean, it is technically violence, but it's, you know. it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. But on, on to the Twitter Elon Musk conversation, I think so. this is very concerning. Just like we just went over. And actually, I, I do want to grab that real quick because that's an important starting. If you haven't seen the discussion we, I just had yesterday about this. And a great, I think Hugo Talks covered this in April 2020, or no, 2022, I mean, uh, the, the, the basically the pipeline, as I put it, uh, where is right here, the Twitter pipeline, the digital ID, you know, and that, and so what Twitter is essentially serving as, as a funnel into the digital ID, digital ID for people that don't necessarily see it. So it's important information to look at beforehand, but today adding to that, the same vein of discussion, we're going to talk about how there's still censorship happening, as well as the idea that there's an overlap with seemingly every part of the Great Reset discussion. But I want to start with a clip here that Brooke Jackson shared. And this Shout gets out in. To Brooke. Shout out to Brooke. Absolutely. That's Brooke's awesome. doing great stuff. Yeah. And check out our two interviews we've had with her. And uh, I believe yeah. the first interview she had on, on her whistleblowing activities. Yeah. I had her on recently, too. Rebunk.news. Check yeah. Out. Yeah, absolutely. And send me that. I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. Um, but the, the conversation, as we put in the title, about... What Tesla's involved in, and this is something te- uh, uh, Elon tweeted about before we ever got here, 
So add this to the list we've had from before about all the overlaps. For those, as again, as we talked about in this show, the concept of carbon tracking or the concept of implanting brain chips or the concept of any of these things Elon is, is aligned with and saying, yes, we should do that at different points in the conversation. That doesn't have to mean he's necessarily involved with the agenda, but it's very concerning as we now see him take over one of the most prominent locations that people, and I again argue that people that might be more resistant to some of this stuff are now arguably being pacified by it. So I want those people specifically to see this. Tesla be manufacturing the COVID-19 vaccine. Will Tesla be manufacturing the COVID-19 vaccine? Elon was in Germany recently to visit Gigafactory Berlin and also check up on a Tesla project that might put an end to this pandemic bullshit. Elon met with biotech company CureVac, one of Tesla's business partners who are currently working on a COVID-19 vaccine candidate that is being funded by Bill Gates. Tesla is working with CureVac in an effort to build a new kind of vaccine printer that can manufacture molecules. The new vaccine is being developed, which, by the way, is an interesting overlap that I didn't even intend with the Bill Gates part of the story, mm. right? That the, they're talking about micro molecules, right? And this yeah. is the same kind of thing we're going to get into with yeah. Bill Gates Mo- using tool manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Well, in regard to his his you know micro molecules and their yeah. their time release conversation, Tesla's RNA printing technology, a new biotech advancement that Tesla and CureVac actually began working on last year. The original intent of the project was to eliminate more common influenza strains, but they rapidly switched their focus to COVID-19 in the wake of a global pandemic. Tesla filed a joint patent with CureVac on a possibly revolutionary bioreactor for RNA. So what is RNA? Well, it's a molecule found within all forms of cellular life, and it has been described as a sister molecule to DNA. CureVac has found a way to stabilize the molecule and have it deliver antibody responses to specific diseases into the body. If it passes human trials, Tesla's high-speed RNA printing tech would be used to rapidly manufacture this new vaccine. I don't know about you guys, but at this point, I'm starting to wonder if there's any problem Elon Musk can't solve. That's a nice, happy way to end that. Well, so what's interesting, though, is that overlaps with exactly where these injections are going, right? So you call him a, 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 you know, somebody who just sees the next thing and trying to make money off it, or it doesn't even matter. So his actions are, are, are rapidly escalating the, the, the speed at which this is all happening, right? So we're talking about the rapid production, the mRNA platform, right? Where they can pump in something, have it out in 130 days. Biden just put that out in his executive order around the biosecurity, well, the biosecurity state, but rather their bio defense direction, they call it. Yeah. So now here he is in 2020 working on the, on the, one of the main things that they're arguing will help that process happen. I mean, this is incredible. And I just think we have to be honest about what this means. It doesn't, again, it doesn't have to mean that he's knowingly involved with this agenda, but at very least he's allowing it to go forward. You know, in, in, a, in a rapid escalation. And that's so concerning to me. But it's not just this video, by the way, for those that, you know, you, we never stop stop on things just like that on yeah. this platform. Yeah. Here is the Fierce Pharma report from July 2nd, 2020. Tesla teams up with CureVac to make mRNA micro factories for COVID-19 shot. What's interesting is when that happened, I mean, I guess you could argue in July or even early 2020, there were still... I mean, what, did, did were, were we all viscerally aware that this was going to be what it became in I, I would, July? I would say 100% yes, okay. because, because we launched my original flagship podcast, the mm-hmm. Truthzilla podcast. The first episode dropped in June 2020. 
right? Mm-hmm. This is in response to all of this, okay. right? And episode two of that show was a deep dive into vaccines in general mm-hmm. because we were already talking about how this is going to eventually be a mandatory vaccine. Right, and we okay. we're getting a lot of our talking points and a lot of our information from you. Oh, nice. You know nice. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, when we were little babies, before I even knew what a, like, how to use a microphone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we were looking at shows like yours and The High Wire and James Corbett. Yeah. You know, these were people that were, and, and Alex Jones, sorry. Sorry, but like these are the people that were informing me in, in the very beginning. I was looking to, to other sources like, gosh, like what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then, and and yes, we were absolutely talking about, uh, you know, some sort of shot or we had no idea it was going to be an mRNA thing. We right. didn't know the specifics of it, but we we were yeah definitely like in the truth alternative media community. Like it was definitely the forefront of the discussion was going to be some sort of like forced mandatory injection. Okay, good. Well, yeah. so that gives, a, gives us a good you know memory kind of timestamp on it. Okay, yeah. so my point was simply that shifting it from flu to COVID that time, then it would make sense even from a business perspective. So that was what I was getting at. So so either way though, so working on this is exactly the problem we're getting at. And you, here's here's the tweet, by the way. Tesla as a side project from Musk is building RNA micro factories for CureVac and, oh, possi- and possibly others. Whoops. There it is anyway. <laughs> I guess yeah. I should include that. Oh, Nice. Right there. And possibly others. Wow. Hold on. That's 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 gravy right there. Yep. And this is yes, we're working. Oh, here, check this out. He responds to this saying, Yes, we're working on ventilators. You know, the thing that killed oh, all those people. Yeah, Fantastic. Nice. Even nice. though I I think they probably won't be needed. <laughs> Wrong, because wow. they use them wildly too much. I have a whole segment that I haven't gotten to. Yeah. This but it's proven. It, there's been even corporate media articles about how basically like 90 plus percent of people put on ventilators died. Yeah, it's yeah, horrible. Yeah. So were those his? I don't know, but that's not the point today. The bottom line is that this is definitely a concerning overlap, guys. Very, very concerning. Jeez. Now, going forward in the Twitter conversation, because this is not just about his work and the overlap with COVID-19, but this is this is this goes TV pointing out in the, the process of this taking over Twitter, Elon Musk says this is as of yesterday, Twitter's board and the U.S. law firm Watchtel quote, deliberately hid evidence from the court. Interesting. Like, so I, this, I wasn't even sure what this was relating to, but Elon Musk followed up with some stuff, and I'm pretty sure this has to do with the, but they say with the court, which is interesting. So was there a court hearing in regard to them censoring what it had to do with Musk that I'm not remembering? Because uh, I thought it had to do with, because what it is, I'll, I'll read this, maybe that flushes it out. Sure. This is Elon Musk, he's the one pointing at this, or rather, uh, this is the same conversation, Watchtel and Twitter, this was 19 hours ago, so it's very, very new. The, bo- the board deliberately hid this evidence from the court. Stay tuned. And here's what it says. Now, this is you all, Roth, a high-level individual in, the, in, the, in the, the Twitter platform. But also, LOL, if Amir continues to BS me, my escalation route is Amir's OKRs are entirely based on fraudulent metrics, and he doesn't care and may active, actively be trying to hide the ball. He then follows up and says, literally doing what Elon is accusing us of doing. That interesting? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so uh, then Liz follows up and says, this isn't surprising. Yule Roth is a nasty individual, should have, been, uh, should have been the first person fired. Roth once called Trump actual Nazis and a racist tangerine <laughs> and uses a page to justify censoring Trump's tweets, which doesn't surprise me at all. I like the tangerine thing. That's yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk then responds and says, we've all made some questionable tweets, me more than most, which is an odd thing to say, but he's essentially arguing that free speech exists. I agree with that. But I want to be clear that I support Yule. My sense is that he has high integrity and we are all entitled to our political beliefs. And I agree with that. 
I agree with that. It's sure. not going to sit well with some people that think he's going to defend the right secretly behind more. But that's that sounds like honest and, and even handed. But he says you can't have someone who admits he hates half the country be neutral. I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah. Clean house or nothing will really change. Yeah, I think I think the word integrity has different meaning. Yeah. <laughs> levels of big tech. Like, I agree. I, think, I agree. Uh, I think that 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 has definitely much different meaning than what it means to you and me. I think Elon means by that is that he's valuable to him. OK, because that's, he, that's what I take from is, his. Which is a different meaning. It is. It is. Does. But that's how he you know does that because yeah. that'll you know. But anyway, the point is that to, to, to cat turn following up and saying that he's he's absolutely right you, if somebody's openly biased you can't have them in a situation to then judge what your whether censorship and so on but the problem is that doesn't this does not seem to be happening they are now talking about moderation teams and moderation you know agree like all it, it seems to be different but still allowing censorship and that's not what the very least what they're acting like is happening here so anyway either way i think it's interesting to see how this is going going forward and Alfred Isaias falls up, you know, used to be with the UN, says the bird has been freed, was the quote that Musk said. But then the EU totalitarian commissioner tweeted out, in Europe, the bird will fly by our rules. And I'll show you that tweet in a second. Mm. So in Europe, he says the bird will fly, uh, meaning the in EU manipulation of public opinion and suppression of dissent. So is it going to change? Does he have the ability to change this if these major countries don't? And will he be willing to sacrifice massive profit by saying, OK, then you won't have Twitter over there if they hold their line? Mm. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think yeah. Elon Musk would sacrifice the, I mean, it's a, this is a $44 billion deal. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be like, okay, screw you, Europe. Yeah. I don't know. But I then will know. Europe hold the line? And Twitter is very important. To, I don't know. It's I interesting. Mean, it's, it is interesting because I know that, you know, not all countries have freedom of speech and there are some countries where certain things are illegal to talk about, you know, yeah. so like in the United States. Well, yes. yes <laughs> no, yes. I mean, I shouldn't say illegal, yes. but yes. Yeah, you could make the argument. <laughs> illegal, but you will literally go to jail right. for, for right. certain types of speech, you know? And yep. so, you know, whether or not they curtail their Paul. I mean, I'm sure that's how it is now. Like they, they probably have uh, terms of service in certain countries that say, well, because of this country's laws, you're not allowed to say this, this and this, you know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. So, I mean, like, for example, I think there are examples of something like that in Iranian like doctrine yeah. policy. I think in, in China, for sure, they yeah. have things like that. Certain yeah. things you can't say. I mean, it's yeah. definitely out there for sure. Yeah, that's like, why all governments are concerning. Totally, totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, going forward, uh, the next point is guess who has a tweet that's been removed? Oh. Elon Musk. Okay. Now, when you say has been removed. Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? Oh, okay. So it says this page doesn't exist. So it this is one of two things. Mm -hmm. There's only two things this happened. Either he removed it or he was forced to remove it, and that's yeah. what it ends up looking like, yeah. where, where you're like, you're on timeout until you remove that tweet. Yeah. So I argue that's pretty hard to believe that they did that to him while he's taking over the company, but here is what the tweet was. Think about how relevant this was. Thank you for somebody for putting this away back machine. That's why this is important. Uh -huh. So Hillary Clinton tweeted this out. The Republican Party and its mouthpiece now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. We're talking about the Pelosi discussion. Of course, going over the top to argue this is a right wing thing when this guy does not seem this seems like a complete cover story. If you want my honest opinion, yeah. I don't know for sure. Honestly, haven't even been diving into this topic because yeah. I think it's a distraction. Yeah. But I'm sure you got thoughts. Let me finish the tweet and you can tell me what you think. It says, it is shocking, but not surprising, Hillary Clinton says, that violence is the result, as if this is the result of the Republican talking points. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and the actions that follow. He followed up by saying, there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye, yeah. and shares this. It says, the awful truth. Paul Pelosi was drunk again and in a dispute with male prostitute early Friday evening or morning. 
That's a, that's a big thing to shout out to Hillary yeah. Clinton. And, you know, P Paul Pelosi stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he's a friend. Oh, that's true. It's on yeah, the, yeah. it's on the 911 yeah. call, right? Yeah. They were yeah. in underwear. The police caught them right as yeah. it was, then he hit him. Like yeah. none of this makes sense. I don't yeah. buy it to be quite honest. Yeah. Paul Pelosi was hammered that night, dude. For sure. I jokingly said yeah. before I even knew that yeah. it was a sex party gone awry and yeah. it turns out it looks like that might be true. Either way, give me your thoughts first on Elon Musk removing this or being removed. And then we could, briefly talk about the Pelosi thing if you want to get into that I don't know well so Hillary Clinton's involved so yeah I know that changes it <laughs> that's that's like that's like the you know once Hillary Clinton's involved and she says look, funny. whoa look at that I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty funny that's funny that's pretty funny so once Hillary Clinton gets involved like you know she has the power of persuasion for sure but uh man I don't know I, I just I just love just on its face, it seems like there's so many uh, things that discredit the the argument or the or the narrative that he's a you know far right you know true MAGA Republican all this stuff that they're trying to pigeonhole him into right you know what I mean and then like some of the like the, I, I showed you that or I told you about that news report that was sent to me immediately within minutes of this happening it's a guy sitting at a CNN desk like with his laptop he's like well the story's developing in real time that's why I have my laptop here oh yeah yeah and, that's and, right and, and, and I was gonna send it to you but like I didn't know we were gonna get into this story at all but yeah. Uh, but then, but then he goes on to say, like it's, it seems that he's uh, you know, post making posts about QAnon and Pizzagate. And it's like that's always what they revert to. I know it's like yeah. nobody's talking about Pizzagate, nobody's talking about QAnon. Yeah, yeah, like, nobody. nobody. Cares, yeah, like, that's <laughs> only your perception. And you were saying that too. That is what your perception of what we are, or the, or what they're trying to force that's us to think did. is. Yeah, either exactly. way, and you're only pandering to your little CNN audience, right? And and you're trying to paint this picture of all these people are just these crazy, deranged, like you know the guy with the the horns walking in on January sixth. You know what I mean? Like that's their perception of what we are as people who are trying to like find objective truth in all right, these matters. Right. You know what I mean? And you made the most important point you made there is that the reality is, and I, this is a general point that most of us, even independent media can point out. There's not really a big topic right now about QAnon or, yeah. or Pizzagate or any yeah. of these things. Like those yeah. are relegated to when they point them out as this, yeah. that's really the only time it yeah. comes up outside of the, the really fringe, Republican part of the people that still ridiculously believe QAnon and think yeah. that Trump, you know, all the things they go along with. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see how they want you to think that. And it, it's completely disconnected from the reality in the world today. Yeah. And so whenever I hear someone bring up QAnon or Pizzagate, I'm like, you've been watching CNN. Yeah. You? Right. Yeah, right. I know exactly where you're getting your information from. <laughs> but the, the point, they came out with this over the top right away and was like right leaning stuff. And here's the interesting part is that those blogs seem to have been set up in a very suspicious time frame, like right away. And I don't even think they've proven that they're connected to him. They just have his name, which I haven't, again, I haven't really, uh, this is not, I think this is the least important thing happening today, other than it will be used to frame Republicans as this way, which there's any, uh, sure. under the sun they're doing that with, you know? I mean, I've, I'm just waiting. I'm sitting here waiting. They've got the chessboard set up perfectly to have some sort of like event or something that they can yeah. blame on all the Republicans. And I, that's what I've been saying up. is going to come. You know? Vanilla ISIS argument. Exactly. It's, that's coming. They keep, they keep like, maybe these are all like false starts. You know, instead of a false flag, it's like a false mm -hmm. start. You know what I mean? It's like they try. They tried to make January 6th. Like, you know, like I would argue they wanted January 6th to be like this bloodbath. They wanted senators. They were to be, hoping they to took the bait. And they would, they, they, they would go in there and start murdering people. And, and they didn't. And so, yeah. but the script went off the same way. Like, you know, Chuck Schumer comes out like, like this is the worst thing that's ever happened. This is worse than 9-11. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like right mm -hmm. away. And and it's like worse than Hitler. Yeah, yeah, worse than Hitler. It's like, <laughs> and then nobody nobody bothered to pull him aside and be like, well, so it didn't go off the way we wanted to. So right, we need to change the script. He was still going on. Script, yeah, it's too late by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it was so obvious. It's like that's because their rhetoric immediately after did not match 
the event. And I would say that's like a lot of the hysteria now has just been propping up that lie of just like, right. like save face almost. Like totally. trying to well, save they have face. to. That, exactly. Yeah. They, they yeah. overcommitted. And yeah. now it's like, and now it's like, oh, well, now it's worse than, well, now we just might as well go as far as we can. It's yeah. worse than 9 yes. 11. It's worse than the Holocaust. It's like, the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. yes. like, 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 worse than like Jesus' crucifixion. Yeah. Everything, man. Like, Unreal. It, you know, it's like, yeah. Pearl Harbor was brought up, you know, all these yeah. different things. They yeah. really do, you know, yeah. and, and the absurdity of it, as you pointed out, is that it's very, undeniably clear that this was something that was at the very, like, again, same point I made before, you could make the argument, I think the evidence shows that's not the case, but that they just capitalized on something that was organically happening. That's yeah. certainly, you know, but either way, they were hoping they took the bait. I exactly. do think it was more set up. I think we can I prove we've got Antifa on the ground that was yep. caught later saying, we did it, we got them in there. Yep. It's all in video, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. killing me. Yep. And then we now have examples of, you know, FBI and different two different militias. There was a, a Navy psychological operations lady that was all this is verified information, you know, from like even some corporate media stuff. So they wanted them to take the bait. So they then point at it being what they hoped. And I, you're right. I think we're I think things like this are meant to test the water to see if they're ready for the next one. Like you're saying. Yeah, that's well, what I of think. Course, of course. Yeah. Anyway, back to this point, though. I just think people. it's interesting to make sure we see this. That So either Elon chose to remove his own tweet, which is interesting. Or he was told to. It doesn't really matter which way it goes. It, this is not painting a very happy, good picture, or happy, you know, fun picture for the direction of Twitter w with the free speech concept. Maybe he's scared of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I bet you that's know. it. Because I mean, because this article is, is, is I don't, I mean, it's probably true, but it's, it, it's very subjective. And it's, you know, the, it's, that's maybe that's why that he realized it was, he yeah. was trying to be funny. And it, I, who, who knows? Hillary Clinton sent the FedEx driver to his house to uh, straighten him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. There you go. Interesting. Anyway, so then moving forward on the censorship point, this was the other part. Yeah. Gareth Ike, the bird is free, except they censored uh, uh, David Ike. See, I didn't even know Ike had an official. Twitter he can't, he just, it was a, one day, less guy. than 24 hours, I think. I and then say, gone. Just, if you guys want to have a, if you guys want to hear a recent interview with David Ike about his new book, yeah, check, yeah. Out, check out rebunk.news, check out the website. I had a, I had him on a few, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. A few I, weeks I, ago. I have David Ike on. That's awesome. Yeah, Make yeah. sure you send me the link so I can I include yeah, those. Yeah. So, great conversation. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. I mean, and and I actually just had a conversation with Richard Willett again. I've, yeah, I'm actually oh, awesome. He is. All of them are great. They're yeah. really insightful people. Yeah. I'm going to be on their deep dive show cool. Thursday, I think, or one awesome. of these days. Perfect. But that we were talking about it, and we got in real fine tuned into the whole lizard conversation. Yeah. And again, I always make this point, and people don't hear this: that he's not talking about people becoming lizards. Yeah. And he makes this very clear. He's talking about the mental part of the yeah. of the of the brain, yeah. you know, and how these people, but literally, are different in a lot of different ways because of that. And it's, and that's important difference. Yeah. People just love to clumsily argue. He's like, well, there are people and it's I mean, not the same thing he's I'll, saying. I want to shout out David's most recent book. It's called the trap. Um, I, I, in preparation to that interview, I've read the entire book cover to cover yes. and he goes into that. And it's a yeah. lot of, it's talking about like, uh, you know, just our, our perception. And it's a very interesting thing how he characterizes. I don't want to get too far off track, but just real quick, it's really interesting. Like mm -hmm. we live in this third dimensional reality, right? That we, we can touch, taste, see, feel, smell, all of our five five sense perceptions of the of the world is so limited, though. Like the spectrum go, of energy and everything. Go ahead and get into yeah. it and explain it for me. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole spectrum of energy is so beyond what we're able to perceive or conceive. You know what I mean? With just our limited sense perceptions, and so it talks about the fourth dimension, right? And and I'm and a lot of times they describe the fourth dimension as uh as as like uh you know time time for example, right? But he he just he describes the fourth dimension as you know, our sentience, it's like almost our consciousness observing the third dimension, right? So our, the fourth dimension is really 
uh, just, just our ability to perceive the third dimension and the fifth dimension is like other higher dimensions. And so a lot of that, he, a lot of what he talks about is like how outside of that is infinite awareness, infinite consciousness exists outside of our, our third, third dimensional perceptions. And so it's a really fascinating thing to just imagine that like, you know, he describes almost like the, the, the allegory or the, or the tale of, of, uh, Adam and Eve and the fall, from the garden of Eden is almost like, you know, humanity, like we all shared this infinite awareness. And at some point in our, in our journey, we were like brought down and the, the fall from that infinite awareness into the third dimensional trap that we basically are trapped in, you know, which is just our daily toils here in this world, you know, in this, in this universe. So it's interesting to think of it from that perspective. And he goes into a lot of that stuff to kind of help articulate it in a way that you can understand it. And gets into the the argument that a lot of it, uh, you know, there are evil forces involved that he kind of characterizes as having, you know, that he just like described as reptilian in a, in a way. So, you know, I really recommend the book because it gets into a lot of this stuff and helps articulate in a way that makes sense. So it's cool. It's good yeah. stuff. I can't tell. Uh, can you move the, the comments just, oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit just because so I can see audio is low. See, I don't, I don't understand how to get my audio up. I got my audio up all, all as far as it doesn't always mean that it's actually happening, but. Um, but oh, it was, that was cop audio. So I think it was just the videos were playing. Okay. But, but yeah, th- what I find so interesting about this is is just that it's so. It's at the same point we make before this started that just because it happened doesn't necessarily mean that Elon is there doing it. Right before it's like anything good happens, it was all because Elon was doing it. Now you know it's the same point. It happened. It could still be Twitter people. It could be because Elon's lying. It could be. But the point is that it's still happening. And you got all these Republican talking points about how everything's changed on Twitter and, you know, whatever, not talking points, but accounts. Yeah. But all I said was that was quick. Yeah. Already happened. Right. And so we are, and there's no real conversation about this That's necessarily. Crazy. That's but so crazy. Here's what he said on his platform. <clears throat> Twitter has suspended me again. We tested out the new Musk free speech Twitter, which again, you know, the, the same point by starting a new account, David Ike official, but almost immediately Musk's Twitter deleted it. The meme was his first post before suspension. Now, here is why it gets interesting of whether this might be the reason. Here's what he posted. To those worshiping Musk and the free speech savior, Tesla, cult driverless vehicle agenda, SpaceX, Tesla, cult 5G, 6G, 7G from space, smart grid agenda, this is David Icke, his opinions, Neuralink, merging with the brain with AI, cult merge humans with AI agenda, Twitter, why would cult own Twitter sell to Musk? It's interesting. Square the circle, he says. The simple point we're making in general is that all these things, whether it's exactly the reality or not, connect with the Great Reset agenda and everything Musk's involved in seems to be the almost the platform on which these things are rising. You know, and literally now with Twitter, you know, and it's, it's very, very interesting to me. Again, as I've said from the beginning, we need just be very skeptical of this stuff. Now here, you might find this especially interesting. This is the clip about WeChat. Okay. Where, he's, okay. where he basically says... That this is, you know, that we we need to make this like WeChat essentially. That that's the um, well. So now WeChat, that's like the the social credit system over in China, right? Well, that, here, yeah. listen to what he says. Okay. It, basically, it's a, it's an all it's a one stop shop app for everything. You can yeah. pay your bills, you can get your phone, you can, and that's the idea. They're driving us into that situation. So here's what he says: Edit button for a year. Well, it's a hard, it's a tricky situation. And it's incredibly complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, indeed. I mean, we don't even have uh, a, 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 an app that's as good as WeChat in China. Uh, and like in China, you can like live on WeChat, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's like, 
Yeah, everyone, everyone's like, they're like, you live on WeChat. You do payments, you do everything. It's like, mm -hmm. yup, it's great. Basically, WeChat's kick ass. Um, and we don't have anything like WeChat outside of China. So I was like, my idea would be like, how about if we just copy WeChat? Hey, we'll say, hey. <laughs> copy them. <laughs> copies WeChat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's just concerning as hell to me. Now, again, you, it, the, what you can argue he doesn't, isn't aware of why that's concerning. I find that really hard to believe. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've covered this before. Mm -hmm. Guys, let me know if my microphone's any better because I did change a setting or two. But anyway, like, so WeChat is their backbone of the social credit score over there. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm completely it's mistaken. Primary. But yeah, yeah. I think it's like Ant, uh, Ant Financial, like the folks that run like Alibaba and all that mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. And then WeChat are like the two largest integrations for the Chinese social credit system. Yeah. It's just crazy. And, and yeah. again, it, whether unknowingly or not, it's we're, we're on a fast track right now with all this stuff. This is yeah. a, this is what we were talking about. This is the pipeline to the digital ID, which is mm -hmm. a foundational part of what's necessary for what's being built. Yep. And this isn't a secret. This isn't a hypothetical. This is openly what they're doing and saying it's for climate change or for yeah. whatever else. And you know, that's, what's frustrating as we talk about these platforms and the things being built and you get called a conspiracy theorist for people that don't want to see it coming, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And here's a couple more articles from David Icke. Elon Musk, Twitter is planning to charge. This is interesting. $20 per month for the coveted blue check marks. New Twitter blue subscription feature is on track to be deployed next week or else employees will be fired, which is interesting. The idea of charging for blue check mark, right? You know, I don't know. I don't know how that'll be applied, but it just seems, I don't like the direction this is going in. It does not feel like the direction of a free speech kind of platform. Yeah. I don't know. Just, just my opinion. And then here's the next one. And this was just the tweet, uh, the sharing the tweet, but he's mentioning how the ADL apparently lost it. And I have seen, I'm not going to go into today because I saw it too late, but somebody was sharing all these different comments that the ADL put out, but it says cult owned Mossad owned ADL melts down over Twitter. Free speech will quote lead to dire consequences. Yeah. How dare we be allowed to say yeah. what we want? You know, and that's, that's the point guys. That's, that's so wild. What Free it comes speech. Here's what it actually said. Here's the quote. ADL has grave concerns regarding who will be allowed back on Twitter. And that's what it says. If you're, you're, you're the persona non grata, you're not allowed to speak publicly, right? Foremost among those concerns is the reinstatement of former President Trump, who was oh, aggressively pro-Israel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so stupid. Exactly. They have like coins with his face on it. Seriously. He, it's literally called Trump Heights. Golden yeah. Heights is called Trump Heights. I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous. But it says it was permanently banned for violating Twitter's glorification of violence policy related to January 6th. Because here's the thing, guys. Don't miss the clumsy patch here. They're trying to frame January 6th as a racist, white supremacy, anti-Semite, anti-everything. But yet he's openly pro-Israel. Yeah. And that's not even what January 6th was actually like. Yeah, have you guys like, ever heard of Jared Kushner? Like, what's going on here? Right, right, like right. Exactly. But my point is that January 6th, clearly, as we were talking about, was meant to be a trap, I think. And it ended up being a very clumsy trap, even in regard to making him look violent. But point out where there was racism or anti-Semitic comments. They're not. But here's ADL making the argument that January 6th was why they think he shouldn't be allowed to speak. And the ADL is the anti-defamation league. I yeah. mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Throughout his presidency, Trump used Twitter to spread hate and incite violence. There is no reason to believe the former president will behave differently should the platform reverse his ban. Trump's recent post on Truth Social, a platform he owns, reflect a continuation of his heinous behavior, including, here you are, making direct threats against American Jews and embracing QAnon. <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. Like, I would love to see where they think he anywhere, even remotely, made direct threats against American Jews. I mean, my God, these people are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I recently, have you ever heard of the, the case of Leo Frank? 
Leo Frank, ADL, so. the origins. Look into that one. It's an interesting one. Yeah. That's an interesting one. The ADL's origins. Like there was this dude that was accused of like raping children and like they got they like I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. They have some dubious uh, origins, the ADL over there. Oh, absolutely. ADL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't believe anything that they put out at these yeah. stages because they're, <laughs> they're influenced by things that are nothing to do with even, I argue, their stated objective. Yeah. It's, it's completely, I mean, you can see right there by what they just said. Yeah. But uh, here, yeah. oh, go ahead. Your comment? I was just going to say that their origins are like protecting a child murderer, basically. He's like, oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's about protecting what is in their interests. Yeah. Whether or not that's about protecting people that are being attacked or free exactly. speech, whatever. Exactly. But here's the overlap coming from this tweet. Somebody commented in regard to him being censored and just added, go to his website and see what he posted. Wow. But then also <laughs> nothing to do with it, which thank you for sharing it. Cause this is a really important study. I thought it was funny that they're, you know, we, we were talking about this and it happened in my setup to be exactly how it flowed into the next part. That's that was awesome. interesting. But this is crazy. This is the next part of the conversation guys. And we're going to get into the COVID-19 part of this now. And this is absolutely important. Here is a study from 2017 that was funded by the bill and melinda gates foundation i'll show you again at the end but here is or where was that part right here authors and affiliate affiliates down here bill and melinda gates foundation funding that's the only source of funding for this nice so fabrication of fillable microparticles and their other complex 3d microstructures now what this concerns me so much for the reason this concerns me so much is because it was done before covid began the illusion that is and it's exactly what we were most concerned about right in the beginning of all this. Just the the idea, the possibility that mm-hmm. there could be something within the injection, let's say, yeah. right? And there's plenty of people, valid research being done about all sorts of things, graphene oxide or graphene hydroxide or any a number of things, self-assembling nanobots, which does overlap with the graphene discussion. But this is another part about whether or not there are microparticles with, you know, there's lipid nanoparticles in there. So mm-hmm. that in and of itself could be in what that's involving are set to time release something and whether that could be other viral particles, whether mm-hmm. that could be vaccines, whether that could be anything. And you'll see what I mean. So putting these pieces together, it reads in one route to improving the delivery of existing drugs is by encapsulation inside a protective, but slowly degrading shell, such slow release capsules, the slow release capsules is how they frame that techniques to make tiny, under 400 uh, uh, microns, which is mm-hmm. tiny, hollow injectable microparticles that can be filled with l- fluid, but it'll show you that they also mentioned solids down here in the more parts of this, fluid containing the therapeutic agent, whatever that would be. Yeah, the therapeutic agent, right? right that could, that, yeah. They mean like vaccine. I know that, but like it could be a lot of other Anything, things. right. Well, it doesn't yeah. have to be therapeutic agent. It could be, yeah. it, it literally could be water. It could yeah. be anything, right? That's yep. the point of how concerning this is. And that it can be something they include in that. I mean, the, I think the big point, though, is whether or not this could be done in a way to, let's say, give you a flu shot mm-hmm. or anything else. And then inside of that, there's a slow release other thing or, you know, anything. Sure, exactly. That's the concern. Yep. Uh, but it says by by adjusting the de- the degradation rate of the microparticle material, in this case, it says uh, lactic or glycolic copolymer. Now, in the chat, let me know if that you know, rings, connects you with anything. The cargo in the internal reservoir can be released at a desired time, they claim, ranging from a few days to two months. But I would ask, I think it's a common, it's common sense to consider that that could be applied or adjusted by using the same technology to make it longer, you know, using different, you know, more uh, larger uh, membrane to make it not degrade as fat who knows that two months is just what this study was looking at i argue based on the technology you could make it longer mm-hmm. is my point mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it says in the abstract, we describe a microfabrication method, and they term this stamp-ed assembly of polymer layers, or SEAL. SEAL allows us to generate microstructures with complex geometry at high resolution, produce fully enclosed internal cavities containing a solid or a liquid, and obviously anything in between that, so literally anything, and use potentially any uh, thermoplastic material without processing additives. I mean, that's just like, it seems like anything is possible. I mean, I think I take biggest issue with whoever's like, coming up with their acronyms like, that is <laughs> ridiculous i know they always have That's the word horrible it's but i'm surprised it's not something on the complete like it's you know supposed, it's supposed to be sapple come on it's <laughs> come on yeah right exactly but i mean like you know I, you, there's a meaning for them to that like they pick seal it's always yes. something they want to set an idea in your mind yes. or something there's you know? something to do with the word seal it's very important to whatever this is probably whatever this is it goes on to say three-dimensional microstructures have potential use in a wide array of biomedical tissue engineering and deliv- drug delivery, microelectromechanical, energy, and environmental applications. I mean, this goes everywhere. So the point was tissue engineering and drug delivery or sensors and accutators or environmental actuators, actuators, ap- actuators, 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 actuators yeah. thank you, and environmental applications. Think about that. Environmental applications? What are we talking about there? So we're not talking about internally in a body then, right? It's environmental. So you're talking about what? Spraying something that is a time release? I'm I'm just guessing, but that's crazy. It says one through four. Do we have uh, footnotes or something yeah, down yeah. at the bottom there? Maybe it's maybe it gives us maybe it elucidates. I don't. I bit. we we I I tend to not want to get and do that because we'll get bogged down in the, the timing and looking oh, and stuff. Yeah, but sure. let's look real quick since you brought it up. Let's see. Oh yeah, so four through one through four. Uh huh. Digital fabrication proceeds. I was just going to see if they had anything to do with the environmental micro nanoscale. No, I think most of okay. these are in regard to. They might. Let me look one more time. I don't know. I don't want to get you too bogged down. I was okay. just curious. Hold if it had like see. A we're, quick... we're started. Let me look. So let's see. Uh, one, through four. One, one, two, three, and four. Three-dimensional so... micro nanoscale, dimensional printing of high graph. Oh, look at that. That might be interesting to people. Science in three dimensions. That one. Yes, there, look right? at this, guys. Three-dimensional printing of high-content graphene scaffolds for electronic and biomedical applications. There's an overlap to exactly the graphene discussion. Yeah. Graphene scaffolding. 3D folks. printable graphene composite consisting of majority graphene and minority polyactide and co-glycolide, a biocompatible elastomer. 3D printed from a liquid ink. <laughs> so what this is, but it does say biomedical, right? So it's the same same point. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I'm glad we saw that. That's important. And then three was. What is that for number four? Science in three dimensions. Let's look. Science in three dimensions, the print revolution. It looks like uh, some sort of article. And it said it's in Science Magazine. Here. There you go. Or Nature, excuse me, Nature Magazine. Yeah, yeah, Nature publication. Okay. I'm just skimming. I don't see anything that stands out, but. No. Okay. Oh, it does say these include molecular environments made up of thousands of. Yeah, it's not the relate, but in any case, you know, actively, it's important to go through these for you guys to check out. But in, regardless, it's, I mean, disconcerting at the very least. But this, it, this is very, very concerning. This is about something. Now, the, the concerning part is how it could be abused, right? The problem is that people want to pretend like, how dare you suggest that they might do this. Even if it's in their best interest, even if they argue it's for your best interest, even if they argue it'll stop climate change. Like we all know there are caveats where these people will justify literally anything. 
right? So my concern is whether this is already being deployed. Yeah. And a couple, two last points here. Our initial motivation for developing this process was based on a desire to create a PLGA microparticle platform. That's the connection. This is where this is going to deliver time pulses of antigens for especially any vaccine, the single injection. So antigens, meaning, you know, whatever the, like the spike protein, yeah. right? And yeah. so what they're saying here is that for essentially any vaccine in a single injection, this is your universal vaccine. This is the platform. It's what they're talking about. So you could essentially talk about inserting multiple things and have one injection that applies to multiple problems or say a, a, you know, say, however you apply that. And this is, I argue what is possibly being already applied or used. And maybe this is what people are seeing in the graphene discussion where they're seeing with the micro, microscope, micro, uh, how do you say that? Micro, my, I, it's not in front of me. So my microscopy or however that word goes. Microscopy. Microscopy. Thank yeah. you. So they're, they're, you know, yeah. looking at this at high level and seeing all sorts of weird, you know, nano assembly stuff, but I can't confirm, you know, whether they, it's the, file and where it came from or whether or not that something fell off their shirt or you know whatever yeah. else but it's still interesting that's what concerns me but it says that in this approach multiple particles with different compo- uh, compositions could be co-injected at the same time of inter initial immunization degrade over time and release antigen in discrete pulses at time points that match typical vaccination schedules so you might have gotten a booster and didn't even know it mm-hmm that's the point. Sure. Right. Exactly, it could be yeah. already happening. Yep. yep. I think that oh, the last part was just to show you this work was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Imagine that. My God, this is some concerning stuff. Now, I saw something very interesting in this WikiLeaks discussion that I thought overlapped with the conversation of the pandemic. Now, first, I saw this today. And I wrote this out. Very interesting. And she writes out, WikiLeaks just dumped all their files online. And I said, can't confirm it was all their files, but I found something that was interesting. Now, Scott told me he'd seen this in the past, which is why I said this. I'm being told this gets posted regularly with the same claim, which I did kind of see when I looked through it. I'm like, I think I've seen all this stuff before. Yeah. So either way, it's important because there's the point is, if you look through this damn index, I mean, there is any, I mean, there's so much information. This is all true documents. WikiLeaks has never been shown to release anything that was not true. But you can just pick something out of your Iran discussions, Afghanistan, FBI pedophile symbols, all that stuff. It's all in there. All yeah. in there. Yeah. And, and it's all, it always has that timestamp of January 1st, 1984. And I've seen, and I've seen right, this right. list get posted oh, over and over and over. But it's like. A couple it's, right here. This one says 2016. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but, I don't know. I don't know if there was anything new added to this. That's Clinton list. emails, by the way, right there. But yeah, there you go. But uh, so the, the point was, though, that regardless, I found something. So, you know, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And so check this out. This is a a document. It would be nice if someone were to like go and index those in like a searchable database. Like that would be super cool. Like keyword. I'm pretty sure WikiLeaks has a searchable. I had the, anyway, there's a a, a page they had. It was, this was, this is on WikiLeaks, but there's like a format where there is a search bar for for it was released. I'm pretty sure they have that. Anyway, you could just do this kind of thing and be like FBI. Yeah. You know, and it does, they come up. I want to search all the documents. Yeah, yeah, within them. Definitely, definitely. But so going forward, this is the document. Observations on vaccine production, technologies, and factors potentially influencing pandemic influence of vaccine choices in developing countries. So there's some interesting stuff in this. This is from 2009. I just wanted to point this stuff out that overlap with where we're going. Where was it? It said 2009 on there, right there. Mm -hmm. 2009. And then, of course, important. This document is not issued to the general public, and all. And that's you know they oh, wonder yeah. whether they know this people being seen is the idea, right? So, here's the first thing that stood out to me. 
second generation biotech vaccines in 2009. Now, that's not biotech. That's just bio, biotechnology. Yeah. Now, it says, if cell culture vaccines, because of their sophisticated biological manufacturing process, may be considered the first generation of biotechnology flu vaccines, then a basket of different technologies currently under development could constitute the second. While supporters of these technologies believe they may be useful for pandemic influenza vaccines, several of them at early stages of development and none are, are proven ready for commercial use. The one of those is the ones we're dealing with today. Therefore, although it is difficult to generalize about these new technologies, they're likely to be selected in the short term for pandemic vaccine production in developing countries. Now, it says down here, taking a longer view, however, it is possible that some of these technologies, for example, virus-like particles. In 2009, I find this to be very concerning. So these aren't, this isn't viruses. These are, they're working on particles that act like viruses. I I did an entire show on this. I think, uh, I don't think I brought up the article for it, but the overlap, let me finish this paragraph, virus-like particles may become viable for large-scale use. The fact that they are new and mainly privately developed, however, means that in general they are heavily covered by intellectual property claims and may require very new kinds of know-how. For most countries, it is too easy to, it is too early to tell, however, if national patents will be issued. So the extent of intellectual property and imp- impediments in particular and so on. The point was briefly, second generation Biotech vaccines include, among other approaches, production of recombinant HA protein, other easily grown organisms. And that's this stuff right here, which it's just it's a just in case you wanted to read about it. It's essentially the like argue these particles are are no longer dangerous. They use them to create antibody. It's, It's a different style. But the next one, naked and plasma DNA vaccines in which codon optimized, which is exactly what they did to the new. By the new uh, boosters, flu genes are directly as uh, used directly as vaccine and genetically engineered systems to co-express all of these things, manufacturing a virus-like particle. Okay, so all this stuff is important because it relates to other information that we've all, that we're now seeing introduced today mm. as some new thing, right? Yeah, interesting. Introducing a naked self-amplifying RNA vaccine candidate. Now, this is stuff that they've apparently been researching and going into since 2009 or before, which we've already talked about, oh, yeah. and stuff that has been repeatedly not working, essentially, the mRNA specifically. Mm-hmm. Here is the discussion of virus size transistors from 2011. Charles Lieber, which we talked about from the beginning of all this, yeah. development of biocompatible transistor size virus, uh, si- transistor the size of a virus which ultimately became termed as virus mimicking nanoparticles, right? This is where this is involved with the COVID-19 stuff right up to this very day. This one is from 2011 as well, discussing Charles Lieber's work. I'll include this so you guys can just watch the video for the overlap of how this does connect directly to COVID-19. What was this one? Oh, just another, another paper on this in general, but this goes up to further today, 2015. But going back to this, Here's the thing they post, summary of the basic technology approaches, and it does go through the different styles. Now, we're seeing all of these, but the second generation part is, again, just to reiterate what they're saying here. Naked, virus-like particles, and so on. I want to see. I want people to see this as something that's been being built for a long time, despite the fact that if you talk about virus-mimicking nanoparticles right now, the public conversation, it's crazy. It's a crazy conspiracy theory, and it's not real. Yeah. Now, here it goes on to say, in some countries, vaccination has been associated with social controversies due to its perceived risks. Some vaccine critics have claimed that certain adjuvants are unsafe, including aluminum hydroxide, except that has since been shown to be very, very dangerous. My point is showing you that back then they're trying to gaslight this. Even then, 
acting like, no, 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 that's not a problem. Yep. Linked to Alzheimer's claimed to be alleged to be it is. Mm-hmm. And MF59, which has received scrutiny for its use in controversial U.S. anthrax vaccine, which is very dangerous. Yeah. While the scientific merit of these criticisms is debate, debated, <laughs> the compounds have been passed, regu- have, have passed regulatory review. Right. Exactly like the mRNA ones have. Right. They claim. Except we're, we already saw how the whore, the aluminum part, now they're acting like there's no more aluminum in these injections. That's why. So are we going to jump forward 20 years? And they go, there's no more mRNA in here. Don't worry. Now that we already heard everybody. In many countries where exist or concern exists in which, and it would be inappropriate to ignore the potential dis- disruption to vaccination campaigns due to the over the worry over these things not that they're actually dangerous i just want to point out that this has always been their standing from who to nih they act like it's more concerning for you to use genuine fear to that would hurt the campaign as opposed to worrying about what those fears are based in mm-hmm. hurt people with aluminum as long as it doesn't slow down the vaccination that's yeah. that's the, the moral of the story right there wow now here is the most important part i find in this and this is discussing things that are genetic engineering genetic therapy and they're talking about what we're doing today that's just important overlap where they scream, this is not genetic editing or genetic, despite, um, I always say Merck, and it wasn't Merck. It was and one, but one of these other vaccine companies that was telling us that this is genetic therapy in 2022. But it goes on to say, an important policy and health consideration underappreciated to date is the potential for problems with social and regulatory acceptance of recombinant pandemic influenza vaccines. That's what they were focused on at the time. That is those that are the product of biotechnology. Some countries may have additional regulatory requirements, and there's another really important part in here about whether these are bioweapons and perceived that way. Some countries may have additional regulatory requirements for these vaccines. This may influence the decisions that governments take in vaccine supplies. Decisions may be complicated by the fact that influenza vaccines make use of biotechnologies that might or might not be popularly and legally understood as genetic engineering, even Mm -hmm. the flu vaccines, right? So they're telling you legally, they're considered yeah. genetic all the way back then. So if the flu ones are, let's pretend like the new genetic mRNA vaccines are not genetic engineering. It's, it's, it's a playing, they're treating us like we're children. Yeah. yeah. It is logical that in the event of a severe pandemic, that vast majority of people would opt for vaccination, even if concerned about the safety of our coming vaccine. So right there, they're going, even if they're, they're concerned, if we just hype the fear, right? The pandemic's so dangerous that you'll take it. They'll take it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we are today, right? For the simple reason that fear of severe illness or death from the disease is greater than concern about the vaccine. Welcome to your policy today, right? It is also true, however, that genetically engineered products used in humans remain controversial in many parts of the world. And some citizens may be reluctant to be vaccinated, particularly in scenarios such as slow spreading pandemics or widespread use of recumbent pandemic vaccine. So that's why they go, well, let's just make sure we always call it very severe and not slow spreading. So we scare them into doing it, but they're essentially saying that we may be concerned about this because of it's genetically engineered. Lastly, it says, although it's not strictly tied to biotechnology, recent cases of problems in polio vaccination campaigns, which is telling talking about the same thing we're dealing with today and the rejection of childhood vaccination among some religious communities are evidence of the importance of safety perceptions and belief in the case of pandemic influenza vaccines, a degree to which the vaccine could be termed genetically engineered varies by the technology and used, which we know that's what we're using today. So there's no question here. They're hiding it from us today. Perceptions may be further influenced by other factors, such as the use of animal products and cell culture, whether the vaccine is live or killed and killed vaccines, presumably endangered less. Um, The point was in general here that you guys can see the breakdown. 
And the, the reality, guys, they derm every one of these genetic engineering, every kind of them, reverse genetics, HA gene deletions, virus-like particles, recombinant, uh, live attenuated influenza vaccines, what that stands for, and then recombinant. Every single one of these, is it, is it genetic engineering? The answer is yes. There's no question. Everything we're using today is genetic editing, engineering, it's happening. Or mm-hmm. editing, you could debate, but engineering for sure. And they're just lying about that today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, lastly, here's the part I think is really important. Oh, I'm just going to do this. In regard to export controls. Export controls are imposed by national laws. They're designed to regulate and sometimes prevent the transfer of technologies that may be used to create nuclear, chemical, or biological weapons, as well as certain other items such as missile-related technology. They are discussed in particular here because we have generally not been discussed with respect to pandemic vaccine production to date. It's the way they start this. We're talking about vaccines and whether they're perceived as biological weapons because that's what these things are connected to. That's what we need to realize. And they knew that, and they talked about how other countries may perceive the transfer of these vaccines as literally transferring biological material and weapons. I find that very, very important. Export controls are necessary to consider because research on highly pathogenic influenza viruses and production of vaccines require facilities, know-how, and equipment that could be abused in biological weapons programs. We know this. They pretend that's not the case when they're doing it. Their point, the point, though, is that all of these at least could be biological weapons programs. That's, I hope people really see that by now, whether it's a flu production or anything else, and all they do is say because we're good guys that that's not the case. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even good guys make the weapons, man. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. As a result, some of these technologies can be used to protect public health by producing vaccines to be, can be difficult to acquire because they may fall under export control laws. So they're telling you that there's laws in place that I argue they change. And I argue, here's the kicker, that the reason Pfizer was so sticky about the way these things went forward, about saying, well, you can't transfer them amongst countries. You can't, you know, you have to sign this deal that says these and you know, immunity because that they didn't want to get caught up, I would argue, in the legalities of potentially being accused of transferring biological weapons. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Biological export controls and laws are controversial and have, um, let's see, I didn't have it highlighted. I'm just going to jump to the point here. Oh, and it says export controls are not governed by any international agreement. Some countries have biological and chemical export control systems that attempt to coordinate them through the Australia Group, a collection of countries whose stated aim is to minimize the risk of assisting chemical and biological weapon proliferation. This is a group that's taking issue with these transfers. Guess what? Guess who's involved in this group? The United States government, the United Kingdom, Canada. (laughs) so they're involved with the group that's calling this out but now they're the ones that are actually involved with the transfer of these things they just change the rules i would argue now down here it says for influenza vaccines export control laws may limit the transfer of a wide variety of research and vaccine production related technology and even shipments of vaccines themselves export controls are applied to equipment organisms and ideas the different types of items that can fall under the export include physical items like vaccines and, and other equipment they're using blueprints and biological materials for example highly virulent disease strains in some cases vaccines by the way which they have openly argued and say stated that they've transferred to ukraine so is there any question that they've transferred potential biological material used for weapons to open neo-nazis no it's mm. literally happening in real time wow. you have something to, any you know, jump no, in go ahead. You're, you're okay. on a roll man this is great um i think that was the gist of that in general but i think this document is very interesting and again go back through this Look for yeah. stuff in there that I didn't know has been there since apparently 1984 or whenever it was added. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, they just timestamped that. Yeah. A little wink and a nod. But the point is that these are things that are that they're using right now. 
and I argue the technology we're discussing, genetic editing, genetic engineering, and people like Dr. Bhakti have been telling us that this is dangerous and always has been from the very beginning. And they play this clip and then we'll talk about those dangers themselves. And he has been on this. Taylor interviewed him from the very beginning and he has never faltered on his argument. And he's right. He's been proven right as this has played out. I came to this conference, which is a first, because I felt the need to do so, since things are developing along such alarming lines by the WHO, CDC, FDA, all the authorities, are now pushing for gene-based vaccines to replace all other vaccines which are currently in circulation in the world. Measles, mumps, rubella, you name it, you have it. Flu. And when we heard this, we said, oh my God, that's what we've been fearing since June, which when I voiced my first concern that this is probably coming. What is being done now is that the corona vaccine is gradually coming into disfavor because people are seeing that there are serious adverse events. So what is now being done is attention is being drawn away from the vaccine's themselves being the culprit to the spike protein and they say oh it's because the corona vaccine encodes the spike and the spike is dangerous and blah 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 now that this spike protein is dangerous no question it's correct but don't get off the track people you must realize that every gene-based vaccine is going to be dangerous and that's why i'm here what people don't realize is that these antibodies that are created because of the vaccination are not there to intercept the entry of the virus because the virus doesn't come into the blood. It comes through the front door of the hotel and the antibodies are simply not there. They are not there. That's why all these vaccinations against corona and also, by the way, uh, influenza, flu, cannot work would never have worked, will never work. Interesting. The only thing they can do is they can kill you. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that there are numerous claims that are important there, from including that he argues that even the influenza vaccines are guaranteed not to work because of that. But so he's arguing, one, that I think it's important, that they're shifting into, well, the spike protein is dangerous, which we all know, and are using that as a way to, like, jump into the next version of the mRNA, right? Well, we'll just make new mRNA for non-spike protein. But his point is, and he's right, spike protein is obviously wildly dangerous. But it's the mRNA platform, the mRNA style that is dangerous in and of itself, as long with the nanoparticles, I've pointed out numerous times. So it's, it's it, they're trying to trick you in that way. But he also his main point from the very beginning was that if they don't have mucosal immunity, which this thing is not even capable of producing, then it, there's, it just doesn't work because yeah. it's a respiratory virus. And he's absolutely sure. right. Yeah. And it's, that, that's one of the things he was so frustrated about. He's like, all these doctors, they know they're lying. There's no way they don't know this because they understand just like I do how this works. It's just, it's just wild to watch how dishonest all this is, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it's almost like they, they needed to propagandize the doctors the most out of all of them to where they completely shut off that part of their brain that has any reason or logic or discernment 
in order to continue to perpetuate it and get them to the point where they're willing to be dishonest about yeah. it. I don't know. That's why they attack people like Dr. Jensen and Butar and Mickey yeah. right in the beginning, like aggressively went after these people and people yeah. lost practices. And so many of the doctors were like, Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. I've got bills and family and stuff. And, yeah. you know, and I, I've played that clip I played the other day about the Australian doctor who's saying, you know, I know I made the wrong choices and I was previously not speaking up, but now I just, I can't. My yeah. family's important to me, but this is, I have to be honest. And so now I'm going to, you know, the point is there, there's a lot of doctors out there that were willfully staying quiet because they yeah. were scared. Shame on them. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you, I agree, but it's like, it's a hard choice, right? You know where that's, what if you're like your kids going through some kind of serious medical treatment and you need the bills and the money to pay. And it's like, you know, but again, I'm not saying it's okay. Cause for, you're also allowing very serious harm to happen to yeah, other kids, I'm, you I'm know, judging them all. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just giving the, uh, the, the other uh, the, uh, the dynamic i guess the point is you understand it but you don't agree with it or don't justify it yeah. you know because like i understand why you can come to that conclusion yeah. but to people like us it's you know this is the most important thing we have yeah. to be honest about this yeah. and because you know why because this is what's happening to people and this is a very sad story physical therapist 18 months after the safe and effective vax now i don't know if you'll be able to hear this leaning close guys it's the loudest i can make this but she's it, she's using a a thing on her throat to be able to talk because of what this thing's done to her 18 months later it's horrifying oh you know what i thought i only try to grab i think i didn't grab it i always do this at least once <laughs> i thought i had it well let me see if i can just play it well no you won't get the, the audio from here well try it just give i'm it just time. gonna try to grab it real quick yeah. bear with me it's 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 a very sad story Twitter of somebody who you know who went along okay, with this cool. and ultimately was hurt by it and and she speaks up about it and of course then she gets called a crazy conspiracy theorist for doing so which is what most of them are going through right now which is why you're finding by the way I have an interview set up and then coming up the next couple of weeks with somebody that's in this position wow. who is who is you know going through this and they're start trying to work with all these groups to get you know draw attention to the endless amount of people the vaccine injured that are being called crazy and you know not being allowed to speak it's very very sad. Yeah. Here's here's you know listen closely. Some people ask me why I'm stupid. I'm having medical problems. But I turned off to my vaccine. Nineteen months ago. That's the key right there. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that started all this cascade of problems and multiple systems to go wrong started a couple days after my second vaccine. After the second vaccine. Because I have laryngeospasms. Even though they don't occur all the time. I mean, just imagine, you know, on top of everything, being in that position and then being called a liar. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then it's, it's, I always compare it to people overseas that are being bombed, you know, for freedom and then being called the terrorists. You yeah, know, that, yeah, that's, yeah. it's the same yeah. thing. So these people are, are just feeling, you know, this is why they're so quick to realize the reality of the situation because they know they suffered from this. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, there's plenty of them that know for sure. And even a doctor claimed it's proven to be the injection. But regardless, you have a right to speak out about this. And many of these people aren't saying, I know it's this. They're just going, I got the injection and then this happened. That's my story. And they're like, fake news, anti-vaxxer, and just yeah. like maliciously going after these people, which is gross. Yeah. It's just, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. And it just hurts my heart. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, man. Like I just, uh, you know, a lot of these that do make it through to like the mainstream, they always say like no agenda. The no agenda shows featured a lot of these where like it gets to like, you know, mainstream NBC level, like, you know, where these vaccine people are injured, but they always say like, and I see the chat saying the same thing, but they always say like, uh, uh, well, but it was worth it. I'm just still, I'm very glad I got it. You know what I mean? Right, that's that, that's, like that's, that that's one. the spin that they always do. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I'm debilitatingly injured. And I'll never be able to speak again, but it's, it was worth it. It was worth it to save if I could save one life with this and it was yeah. all worth it, it's like, whoa, you just don't understand. Or, or they got some kind of like CNN donation to their fund or something. Sure, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the obviously the very slim minority. I don't even care if you – I find it very hard to believe that you put a bunch of people that have been dramatically vaccine injured and ask them, do you still like the vaccine? If yeah. all – most of them will be like, yes, because vaccine. Like, I hard, yeah. find it, that really hard to believe. It's kind of like how at every single school shooting, all the parents are – automatically against guns like nobody's not a single one not one ever has ever been like hey yeah. maybe we need more guns you know his point being they just don't talk to the people yeah, that are yeah. pro yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. and they they frame that just like the fake camera where they're you know doing this thing and you pan back out and you can see that it's a green screen yeah, and you know they, yeah. they just they they yeah. sell you on the agenda that they're paid to do so they are yeah. an advertising campaign yeah. that's what these there's no the, the corporate media that's why we call them corporate media they're no longer a public service yeah now th- this isn't this is in discussions of the side effects and, da- and and bad things happening to people because of these, there's an important thing I want people to see. Now, I just mentioned this the other day. Somebody was pu- throwing out the discussion about whether or not an old Moderna patent from 2000, uh, was it 19 or 20, discussing the use of respiratory synactical virus in their process and whether that could have been shed or spread to people. And I just posed the question, could this be happening? And it turns out that the high wire did some great work on this. And we're going to talk about it, how apparently it's not a question. The, the, their own documentation in the study shows they knew it absolutely does, beyond a doubt, increase the risk of respiratory synactical virus ex- verbatimly or not the, um, specifically. Now they're pointing at a massive SR, or, or, or RSV pandemic amongst the children or even floating how that's going to be a tridemic. We just talked about that. And it turns out that the injection they're giving people or forcing on them does increase that risk. Now, the question is, to what degree? I'll let you come to that conclusion. Massive surge in RSV across U.S. and Canada. Now here, oh, actually, and let's just, I'm just going to play the, um, the clip from, actually, I'll read this first. So here, this is, it says, hospital beds are filling up as RSV cases surge across the United States and Canada. It's getting so bad that one San Diego school saw nearly 40% of students take absence after a hard-hitting respiratory wave. 40%? Is that even, I mean, that's unprecedented. Like that, that's yeah. giving them all injections and then having something happen to them and calling it something else. That's my opinion. Sure. Then it goes on to say traditional media would like to gaslight you to blame COVID-19 for this sudden rise. But the folks at the high wire did some digging and found damaging evidence against the shots. And they did so using FDA documents involving Pfizer and Moderna's own clinical trials. Now let me play the clip. And if there's any over, if there's not overlap, I think they mentioned all of what I'm about to read in the clip. So we'll just play that directly from the high wire. 
<laughs> I'm so mad at myself. I swear I download these things, and I guess I forget, or I know I did, but whatever. No, I'm certain I did. Hold on a second. Well, you have any thoughts on that, Scott, while I'm grabbing this? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> so we got a new virus in town, right? We've got the new guy in town showing up and they're going to, whether or not it has anything to do with the injections, you know, well, I'm not saying whether or not it's like the, the narrative will be no, absolutely not. That. We have no idea. Just like that lady was saying in the previous thing, it's like doctors refuse to acknowledge or admit or, or insinuate or even investigate whether or not it had anything to do with the shots. And so whether or not these, this RSV outbreak has anything to do with the shots, it will never be reported or even investigated. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Good point. So here it is, and it was right in front of me the whole time, like it always seems to be. <laughs> the evidence that these these vaccines were increasing RSV or respiratory diseases in mm. people that took them. Let's look at Moderna's vaccine. This is the EUA. This is on the FDA's website. Moderna COVID-19 vaccine pediatric EUA. This is their decision uh, memorandum. So we look at some of the data. This is in two to five-year-olds. This is what they say. Within 28 days after vaccination, some respiratory tract-related infections were reported with greater frequency in the mRNA-1273, that's Moderna's uh, vaccine group, than in the placebo group. Events of pneumonia were reported by 0.3% and 0% of mRNA-1273 and placebo recipients, respectively. And then respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, infection was reported by 0.4% and less than 0.1% of mRNA-1273 and placebo recipients, respectively. So two to five-year-olds, you're seeing an increase. So four times, four times the amount of uh, RSV in the vaccinated group compared to the unvaccinated group that hadn't received it. Right. And remember, these are these mm. kids, these are this age group of these kids that are really, you know, out of school right now. Let's look at the six to 11-year-olds. Same um, information data set, same sheet from Moderna. This is within 28 days after vaccination. Some respiratory tract infections related uh, p- uh, patients were reported more frequently in the vaccine group compared to the placebo group, such as respiratory syncytial virus infections, 0.3% versus 0%, and upper respiratory tract infection, 3.9% versus 2.5%. So you're giving a shot to kids that's increasing their upper respiratory tract infections by, you know, with RSV quite a bit, actually. And so yeah. that's, that's Moderna's. So let's look at now, for, first of all, there, in, there's references to respiratory diseases in general, but there's also specific res- references to RSV specifically. Now think about how crazy that is that at a time when they're screaming about an increase in that risk around the world. And these studies from their own trials are like, we had an increase in RSV and that doesn't matter. It's not talked about. Like, it's just so incredibly, they know that you're not allowed to point out vaccine as a downside at all. Mm -hmm. So they just ignore it entirely. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to me. And I I think, I think that the problem is that this is, this is how they create the thing they then use to justify the next action. Now I argued the RSV problem or the tridemic or whatever they're calling it will be what they use to facilitate whatever they push next, Mm -hmm. or it could be. Mm -hmm. And that just, it's very concerning to me. And they're just ramping up the next, the next wave of whatever it's going to be. It's like, you know, I was just thinking the other day, it's like, Hey, you remember monkey pox? Right. Oh, that was fun. The good old there's, days of monkeypox, like that came and went. There's still a there's still a national emergency in place for monkeypox right oh, now. Really? Yeah, they're but, still there. And I promise, how much you want to bet that they reinitiate it in the time when it's up? Sure. Just like well, ongoing effects oh, of whatever yeah, they yeah, do yeah. It every time. Exactly. And it's like, well, there's a guy that's still sick over there, so national yeah. emergency. Yeah. Or they claim it's just staggering. Yeah. The the patient zero is uh, Paul Pelosi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But the, the interesting part, too, is that mRNA-1273 that they're pointing at, remember, that was the injection that Moderna made after getting genetic code from China and two days later had a vaccine that's never changed. Yeah. 
even though they claim they hadn't isolated it when they sent that. So that's just understand how what an illusion that is to the guys if it's being isolated or whether that even matters. It's a platform idea. Like they just sent here's some code and ask yeah. and ask yourself this too. That was Trump's Operation Waterfeed vaccine, right? Yep. Weren't they like China lied in China, but we'll take their genetic code at face value and make a vaccine for you? Of course. Because we because we question China, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about how obviously that challenges the idea of what we're being told. Anyway, there it goes. Look at Pfizer's. Pfizer's trial data, you know, we go in and out of this all the time. This is their six-month to four-year-old th- third dose uh, division mem- uh, memo. This is from the FDA again, and this is for the booster. We talk about serious adverse events, SAEs. It says, SAEs reported in the BNT162B2 group included RSV bronchiolitis, five participants. Then it goes on to say, uh, serious adverse events reported in the placebo group included bronchiolitis and RSV bronchiolitis, three participants. Right there. So you- now, and one important, important to point out is the B- BNT162B2 was the original, mm-hmm. right? That's the yeah. original. Oh, yeah. But for, for those that are arguing, well, that's not in play, remember that they're still telling people to take those originals to get the bivalent. But on top of that, for all the people that already got it, this risk is already there and present, right? So that's that's the bulk of the population that got this, you know, whatever, 60, 70% that now have an increased risk for RSV. Gee, I wonder why we're having an RSV outbreak, mm-hmm, right? That, that's mm-hmm. the point. We have five in the, in the vaccine group and three in the placebo group. So again, across the board with Pfizer and Moderna, you're seeing an increase in RSV after the shot. So this led us to say, uh, we went to our lawyers at ICANN and we had them send a letter to CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. This is that letter. It was just sent uh, regarding increased rate of respiratory syncytial virus, RSV in children who received COVID-19 vaccine. I guess I'm and saying it, that wrong. Syncytial. Was I saying synactical? It says in part. You know what? Yeah, I know the, why I did that, actually. I think I accidentally said respiratory synax virus the other day. And I was like, oh, wait, synactical. And I just added it. It's all bad. right. It's all right. CDC's. Oh, we, oh I, I'm fine. Yeah, we, I make good. mistakes all the time. <laughs> yeah, <you're good. laughs> That's yeah. what it's all about, right? Just owning them. Robust yeah. and ongoing like Alex, data collection Alex among Jones those. St- Microcarditis. Like he just won't stop. Calling. He probably does on purpose. It's I so do, That's like my concise thing. Yeah, it's, I do. So funny. it's so funny. I love it. <laughs> and it says in part, given the CDC's robust and ongoing data collection among those tested for and positive for RSV, please let us know the percent of children who have tested positive for RSV who have had who had received a COVID-19 vaccine prior to their RSV diagnosis. Really important right, information. Very simply put, when 40% of a school went you know, out of the school, did we test them to see if those that got RSV had gotten the COVID vaccine right. and compared that to the amount that had not gotten the COVID vaccine? I mean, this is such critical science. And as we said at the very top of the show, the CDC loves to approach versus the scientific method. They like the head in the sand method, which is let's mm-hmm. don't ask any of the obvious questions. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we suddenly have outbreaks of RSV beyond anything we've ever seen before? Could it possibly be that injection that we know lowers the immune system and showed within 28 days? That, that's what my, that was my point before I saw this research was like, mm-hmm. guys, it's a basic reality. It not only lowers your immune system or increases your risk of all infections by 50% in the first week. That's Pfizer's data, but it also increases your risk dramatically after three months or even before that for either side of this, Moderna and Pfizer, where your increase rate, your, your basically your dysregulation of your immune system, lymphocytopenia or any variation therein, that's happening every one of these. And that's enough to argue that that's causing the respiratory increase. But then you find out that it's specifically RSV. That's it's just, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like the joke made before you made a movie like this, they'd be, they wouldn't buy it. No, but like that doesn't make sense. That's too, yep. right. It's too obvious. Yeah. That's the point. Exactly. <laughs> yep. 
increase in RSV. And by the way, folks, I know these seem like small numbers, point something. That's all the numbers that they forced this vaccine on you. The death rate of COVID was 0.27%, okay? So they act like out of control and say everyone needs to lock down over an issue that killed 0.27% of people. So we should be alarmed at 0.3% or 0.4% or these, you know, these numbers as we're seeing them. But I also want to point this out. They only looked at it for 28 days. What if the fact is that slowly your immune system just gets more and more overpowered by this vaccine and can't work, and now we see half, 50%, which is what we're seeing in these schools? Is it possible that the 40 or 50% that are leaving the school happen to be going through that because of the vaccination? Look, we don't know, but what's curious is why no one in media and no one at the Mm -hmm. CDC is asking the most obvious question. That's everywhere we look today. That's everywhere we look. Now, the important thing is about whether... Like, I mean, Dell knows better than anybody about the idea of vaxxed versus unvaxxed. Yeah. Right. He was all, you know, in the vaxxed documentary and the research of the MMR vaccine. And, you know, people like, uh, um, uh, Dr. Is it Dr. Hooker? Paul Thomas. There's a Dr. Paul Thomas. There's a little, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there was also, I, I'm going to forget all the names. James actually. Weiler was involved in that one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, that, that, yeah. In that study yeah. that's recently been done during COVID about the vax versus unvaxxed. I'm sorry you share that. That's an important one. I did a whole, a whole article on that or show about, how he proved, I mean, he proved it, the, the well visits, right? The yep. well child visits yep. and how yep. overwhelmingly children that got vaccinated regularly went, had just like ear aches and stomach yep. aches and you know, everything. And the kids that weren't were dramatically better off. My point was that Dell Bigtree's work before COVID in regard sure. to the MMR vaccine, about uh, the, how they would, they refused and still, as far as I know, I've never done it to do the vax versus unvaxed. It's, yep. It'll be the definitive way to prove it. The kids that got MMR vaccine versus those that didn't, let's we'll see what happens. Yep. Why are they refusing? obvious and that's his point in this same show is that they're refusing because they know they don't want to ask the most obvious question exactly i think it's very very clear because they i think they know what they'll find yep yeah i think it was dr brian hooker and uh brian hooker that's what it was right yeah just make sure i had his name right yeah i saw him speak at one of these last uh symposiums or whatever Mm -hmm. they're calling him and he's just you know he's still doing good work yeah knocking these things down and proving the reality of what these things are doing it's very sad yep now, this brings us to uh, like the last two real segments here. And th- this one is so important because we're talking about side effects, right? One of the obvious ones that, that Scott, myself, we've been calling out since the beginning that James Olson here has been, or yeah, Olson's been pointing out that James Wilder has been pointing out that, you know, everybody that good science thing, the ones that we're always talking about have continued to point this out that there are people having heart attacks, cardiac arrest, myocarditis, all of this suddenly collapsing all around the world. Specifically, athletes are an easy one to point out. But what's important? What's important is that they're covering it up and to show how obvious that is, that this is something just like Del was just saying, that they're choosing not to ask the most obvious question. So we just saw something interesting happen in South Korea. He reports this, and I'll show you the actual articles. Dozens suffered cardiac arrest at Seoul Halloween celebration. Over 140 ambulances dispatched to the scene. Fire department reported that around 50 people suffered cardiac arrest. How in the world does that even line up, right? So remember, before we get into it, you were the one that referenced this a moment ago, and we've we've seen already, I think twice actually, where there's been these weird uh, collapses at concerts, Mm -hmm. right? And the last one that was the big one like that overlaps with this, there was all these kids that had heart attacks, but they argued it was some kind of secret fentanyl distribution or something, which they never proved. But there was a lot of claims. Like there was the fentanyl. There was like some people were claiming like, you know, like like someone's walking around like poking people. Well, that was meant to be like the fentanyl kind of like, you know, but the point was that they that they had all these heart attacks. 
right? But then there also was the stampede. Yeah. That's what they claimed. It was a big, like people were pushing and rushing and that's what caused it. And Astro World Festival crowd crush, right? That was, oh, you got yeah, it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Now, now check this out though. It was November 5th, 2021. So it was like this exact like week a year ago. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. It's like, so, so, and that was like, you know, a lot of it was attributed to like some sort of like, you know, ritualistic type of thing. And so that's right. That's And the guy on the stage was doing all yeah, these weird, yeah, just weird yeah. things. So that's right. So that's it's right. Like it must be, there must be harnessing the energy of this time of year or something. Yeah. Like you may that. be right. You're right. Well, what's, well, yeah, this is just so interesting that overlap specifically Yeah. because it's, I mean, first of all, outside of like what else could have been being done, you know, like that, the fact that they just don't talk about, we'll skip past, he, he, you know, he's pointing this out for a reason, but you get into these articles, stampede, 151 people dead. Jeez. That's crazy, right? Yeah. And it, this is October 30th. And what they're talking about is just also heart attacks without getting into how does that even make sense? Like, so is it the stampede that caused heart attacks? Were they scared? That just, this doesn't make sense. There's something else going on here. And I guess eventually they'll probably try to poke into it with like the fentanyl addition, which is what they did to act like that made sense. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. At least 151 people were killed in a stampede after a crowd poured into a central district of South Korean's capital, Seoul, for Halloween festi- festivities on Saturday night. The death toll could rise further as 76 more were reported injured with 19 in serious condition. Reuters reported citing emergency officials. I'll show you some clips. This weirdly is no longer available. I'll show you some clips. Oh, it just says, I'll show you in a second. Earlier news agency, Yonhap reported that 50 people suffered from cardiac arrest, 50 following the celebrations. So following the celebrations, that mean after this was over, like that's interesting, but it says at least one, uh, one, uh, the people had reportedly gathered on Saturday night in, in these areas, a central district of the, of the area. Here is one of the videos showing you some of this. Oops. Oh, it's going to load. Oh, that's what I just grabbed her tweet, I think. While that's loading. Here is the next part. This is from the uh, Wyoming. I forget if that's how you say that. South Korea declares national mourning after 152 killed in Seoul Halloween stampede. And it says South Korean capital Seoul saw dozens of people getting cardiac arrest during Halloween celebrations. So it's clearly being reported across the board. Like local authorities have said that at least 152 were dead and more than 100 injured. A little bit discrepancy, but the main point, around 50 people had cardiac arrest. Now this creep, this scares me. This makes me uncomfortable. I, like I, being in this kind of a crowd. Actually, I'll mm-hmm. show you this, the worst one. You see this loaded. So this was just a general video. This this is the one that that Emily sent me. My God, this just freaks me out. Like being stuck in this kind of an area. Yeah. Where people are pushing and they're crowded. This one guy had the idea to climb up this thing. Let me show you where it gets crazy. People start getting worried. Start pushing. And this guy, see, climbs up here. See, people are scared. Like, they're wanting to get out of there because something's going on and they're getting pushed into the side of these things. And if you're stuck, what do you do? You're stuck in the middle of a crowd like that. That's scary. Yeah. So this guy just climbs up here. But so here, the point is, this is apparently where people were trampled. 150 people, which would make sense in a kind of, you know, scared moment. But what started it? Why were they scared? I don't see any effort to try to make sense of this. And and 50 people had heart attacks. Something strange is going on. Yeah. See, at first it was just normal, but the people are now like trying to get out of this. Screaming. Ugh, God, it just gives me the creeps. 
that's just overwhelming. Like I've been in a situation like this and I almost lost it. Like my claustrophobia, I guess. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's wow. crazy being in like heavy crowd. Yeah. Situations yeah. Like that. It's wild. I, I've definitely been in those before too. And you know, it's like it did the, the crowd just has its own. It's like, it's like its own, uh, you know, it's like an organism. It's like its own organism, you know, it's weird. So I think this is the closest that I can get to what they're trying to get at here. Crush kills 151. I guess arguing that the, the pressure caused heart attacks. I don't really know. It's not really in the article. The point is just that this is being floated. Now, the point of showing you all of this is that I think there's something much more concerning going on here. Not that we know for sure, but why? again, same point every time. When we know, as a matter of fact, and they've been forced to admit that we're giving on a mass scale injections, especially in South Korea, that we know they've proven admitted to can cause heart attacks. Yeah. And then we have a situation where an unprecedented reality where 50 people in one location at the same time have heart attacks and not even a mention of that it yeah. there it's just it, it's, it's frustrating that we keep seeing that happen because uh-huh. mm-hmm. this is happening all over the world western journal healthy 18 year old children die suddenly from pulmonary embolism no mention of anything about no the vaccine 15 year old girl died suddenly from covid complications on the day of her injection consultant pediatric pathologist samantha holden gave a cause of death as acute myocarditis associated with covid19 covid19 think about that God. yes so the same day of the injection, and it becomes a COVID-19 problem. Yeah, well, because she's not fully vaccinated. She won't be fully vaccinated for another 14 days. It's willful ignorance. Yeah. And it's the sad criminal. reality... It's criminal. It's, it's it is criminal. It's, it is. It's, computer, it's complete, just first-degree, like, genocide. I, I completely so agree. evil, man. At some level, it is. I mean, I, the people that don't know they're doing it, it's still absolutely wrong. And I think that they're being willful ignorant. But the people that, again, know what's happening... And yeah. frame it as doing right by people. That's the, those people deserve a special place mm-hmm. in hell. I mean, well, I heard about this, so I guess uh, we'll see if Stu Peters can redeem himself after what the 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 what is it the snake venom thing? Oh God, he's got, he's got a new documentary coming out called Dives. Oh, that's not what I'm worried about. I but I, the, the, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing about that though. Is look, I'm all about being objective and yeah. and asking, could this be real? Sure, but. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. The whole snake venom thing and the whole way artists and all that. I mean, it was it's bad. It was really bad. It was really subjective. And it was pushed as fact by partisan media. It was bad. Bad stuff. Just factor that in. All I'm showing you, this just happens to be the first search, is that if, again, people made this point all over the Internet. This is a general search from uh, December 2019 to today or yesterday, technically. And you'll find that died suddenly is just literally everywhere. I mean, you can go on forever, forever, forever. Died suddenly, died suddenly, died all over the place. And you compare that to, again, search between 2019 and before, and you don't really find it. That's not you know definitive or anything, but it's very telling. You'll yeah. find some random articles about somebody. You know, but here's the thing you'll find, like in this article at the top I looked at, can you just die suddenly? It's wildly rare. And the stats they give were way past that today. Mm-hmm. On top of that, though, that they talk about people with heart problems and stuff. Most of the people dying of suddenly dying and they, they don't know what happened. They can't find a problem. They don't see an example of issue. And the point is that that's not something that just they suddenly discover later or lockdown, stop their cancer from being treated because you would see the problem, right? Yep. So you have all these people suddenly dying and they have no clue what happened. Yeah. That's the point. That's not the same thing, but you could scroll for yourself. I just ask that you look and realize that it, we're dealing with something that's unprecedented right now. That's not COVID-19. Absolutely. Now, to finish off, and we're about two hours and 12 minutes. Let me know if you got time in general, Scott. We're good, so, man. We're good. Okay, so this, this is the last, uh, last two points I want to get into. And this, again, is a little bit of a rehash of the transmission discussion. I forgot to go through this the other day when I was talking about that. The, the whole breakdown of, of how they played this transmission has been admitted finally kind of a thing, which wasn't really honest, even though they did lie about it. 
The point was, as we made clear, that Forbes wrote an article about that in 2020. We talked about it in 2020. We've been talking about it all the way since. Their documentation does make it clear, or clear is not fair, but it does state within it that they did not even try to find out if it stopped transmission. Tal Zach said on the record in 2021 that they didn't because they weren't paid enough. And they could have if they would, if the U.S. government had chose to pay them. That's his statement, right? So the point is that that has been there. We've been talking about it. For some reason, when that lady said wrongly, we never tried to stop immunization, which is, I think, maybe intentional, that became the floodgates where now we're allowed to point out that they never even looked into transmission. Okay. The point was that was public, but they did lie about it. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look, and I've got some examples, Pfizer, everybody else, the media, the government, they all claim point blank that it stopped transmission. So that's the crux of the issue. This is important, not just because in a way she's saying something like that, that does that is correct. But what she says afterward, and she is from BBC News, is just laugh out loud ridiculous. She says a viral tweet, and it's a tweet I probably from that, that member of parliament that went viral, right, yeah, about I that remember. situation. Yeah, of course, yeah. Is claiming to give bombshell news that Pfizer is admitting They never tested whether the vaccine prevent transmission. Therefore, the concept of get vaccinated for others was a lie. That is true because that's the reality. If it doesn't stop transmission, then the idea, which I'll play a video about in a minute, that it lets you get back to normal, it falls short. That's the only reason that makes sense. She says this is wrong on basically every count. So some facts. She says the vaccine was tested for whether they reduced people's chances of catching COVID. That's right out of the gate. That's not true. That is 100% not true. I'll show you when I'm done with this uh, this tweet. They seem to giving less chance of the virus being passed on, but they didn't look specifically at whether they stopped already infecting people passing on the virus transmission. Now, here's why she's wrong and gleaning what the, the allowable conversation is and regurgitating it like vomit. The point here is that they researched whether it reduced mild to moderate symptoms. That's what Forbes wrote in 2020. That's what the documentation makes clear. That's what we've repeatedly said over the time because it's backed up by the documentation. That's not the same thing as testing whether they reduced your chances. They simply argue by default that if you do do that, that then does have an effect on transmission. That's not the same thing as claiming they studied whether it did. Because you could point out that just because it reduces these symptoms or you claim that they do, that that does not mean that it does has actually has a percentage effect on transmission. It might because that's they 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 probably align, but there's different differentiating factors that could make that not the case. So she's just lying, yeah, or doesn't know she's wrong, yeah. They said, but then it goes on to say, you know, basically that they didn't specifically look, which I agree with that. But they then went on to lie to you that they did. Yeah, that's the different point. But she says, by the way, look, what's up? No, no, I'm just like this is this is this is very telling right here. Yeah. yeah. By the way, neither Pfizer nor health agencies claim they did. Of course they did. And, and this, this is where these ones come in next. Now, that was just, does she mean that neither of them claimed that they had tested or neither one of them claimed that it, stopped, it doesn't? Either way. It, either way, it's yeah, false. Because yeah, yeah. they claim that they did test for it. They claim that it did yeah, have exactly, that effect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So here, and I, I, again, if you want more of that, I've done this more extensively on other shows. Yeah. Past, you know, daily wrap-ups like in the last week. My point being is I only brought up a couple of these tweets, but if you, there, it's an endless amount of evidence showing you they did say these things. Oh, this is just the extension of that. Um, look here, for that example, here is Thomas Massey pointing out that Pfizer's original vaccine trial, which contained 1,200 participants with evidence of prior infection, showed no benefit. Oh, actually, this is, hold on. I, I, don't, I, I thought, forgot that has specifically to do with people that have gotten the injection before. I'll get to that in a second. Sorry, I didn't mean to go ahead of it like this. Here it is. So, the, va- the ability to vaccinate at speed to gain herd immunity and stop transmission is our highest priority. That was 2021. So that was my first point about if that's their highest priority, 
that implies that they're actively trying to find out. They weren't. They've admitted that now, right? They weren't even. So that's a lie in and of itself. You can't claim it's your highest priority, but then have yet to even look into whether it did. So blatantly showing you they're trying to influence people to think that. Um, The other ones were. Hold on. I'm screwing myself up because I'm trying to jump ahead. Here we go. Jordan Sachel pointing out that they repeatedly say that they have been authorized to prevent COVID-19. And this is where she gets into her game about whether or not they're saying two different things. And I'll prove to you that that's that's just them making up new definitions for words. Yeah, I'll I'll come back to this stuff. I have a whole bunch of points to make about all this. But so the point is research. It's easy to look up that they've been making these claims left and right, that they both did the research and that they did stop transmission. But it goes on to say when the vaccines first became available, public health messaging was clear. We don't know whether they stopped transmission. I mean, I literally opened. Well, I guess technically I didn't since we restarted a second time. (laughs) I have opened with the argument where or the the video where they clearly are saying that they stopped transmission. So does she not know about that? Miss BBC journalist during 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines. And and that vaccine uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no almost no. Uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccine... I mean, that right there is enough, right? I mean, you can go, that goes on forever, and it's all sorts of people, Borla and everybody else, the same point, Yeah. right? So she's either willfully towing a line to obfuscate and gaslight, which is, I argue, what BBC is paid to do. That's my opinion. Oh, yeah. Regardless, though, she's blatantly saying a falsehood. We don't know whether they stopped transmission, she claims, was the constant and clear public messaging. Everybody knows that's not true. And people should continue keeping preventative measures. Here's the FDA, and here's all she points out. These FDA documents where it says at this time, data are not available because this is my point. This was there uh, available to make a determination about how long the vaccine will provide protection, nor is there evidence about how it prevents transmission. OK, so, yeah, that was there. So she's using this argument to argue that they were clear about it. But the lie is that they weren't clear. They stated something else on the channels, on the media, on the government, everybody. Finally, over time, stronger evidence did emerge. They reduced transmission. So, I mean, she's actually trying to toe the line again, even though we know that's not true. Right now, we know that's not true. All she's trying to play the game of is that, well, if it reduces symptoms, then that therefore stops, reduces transmission. But you can't make that argument unless you test for transmission, right? I mean, there's plenty of reasons why that might not make sense. But then, And she argues, she wrote about this. Then new variants began to change the equation. And this is their standing point right now. It's not true. The evidence was clear in the beginning. Imperial College of London lied about the number and the risk. And all they did was taper that down over the process. The very beginning, this was less than the flu. And I'm convinced about that with the data. But we know that it is based on their data with Omicron. The vaccines were less good. Good. (laughs) What a journalist. At preventing transmission of Delta and even less good at preventing Omicron. But as a side note, that doesn't mean they don't reduce transmission from Omicron at all. See, this is really tricky to disentangle from waning immunity. And do- Here's the point she gets at. Soon after it became clear vaccinated people could now pass on the virus at similar rates to unvaccinated people. <laughs> right? Vaccine passports were quickly all but dropped. That's not to say they aren't valid discussions about whether they were able the right policy in the first place. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, your, your policy's out the window, lady. 
You Hold lose. on. Oh, you wait. Lose. It was this one, I think. You lose that yeah, argument whole-handedly. So this person says, watch the video. So said they didn't test because they had to get out quick as possible. Yes, exactly. As I explained in my thread, they didn't test for transmission, meaning the chances of already infected passing on the virus and didn't claim to. They did test for whether the vaccine could reduce people's chances of getting COVID in the first place, but they didn't. That's my point. But this is the game they play about trying to pretend that reducing symptoms translates into some level of transmission and acting like because we assume that that we can say that. And this is their premise for everything. Oops. <laughs> the assumptions around all of this stuff. Now, this brings us to the next point that I skipped over a moment ago that Thomas Massey's pointing out in their documentation, which is, this is why this whole thing is so ridiculous and why they try to drag out the release of their documents for 75 years, because it proves if you just have the wherewithal to look at it, that they're lying to you. It says uh, uh, Pfizer's original vaccine trial, which contained 1200 participants with the evidence of prior infection, showed no benefit from their shots for those who had evidence of prior infection, which is when they rolled this out was a, was half the country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. C- CDC lied and said the study showed 92% efficacious for those with prior infection. Think about that lie. That wasn't a mistake. They didn't move the decimal point. Zero to 92%. And you can see and In fact, zero or negative 7% is what mm-hmm. it shows right there. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, it's very, very clear. Does this include this? He asked, does this include people who left the trial between doses? Which is a good question. No, interestingly, if I remember correctly, and if you trust the data, which is also a good point, significantly more left the trial after receiving the placebo. You know, and this is my point I keep making. You know why? They used a meningitis vaccine as a placebo. Yeah. That was public information. And they did this so that happened. So people had problems. So they had side effects as opposed to a saline injection. So that would make what did happen look like it was less damaging. All these are unprecedented things. Yeah. Crimes against humanity, folks. Seriously. This could indicate they were unsuccessful in keeping the trial blind to participants and so on. I mean, guys, it's everything about this is criminal. Absolutely criminal. And look at some of these people respond. Give it a rest, Tom. How dare you confront me with facts? Stop putting things up there that challenge my ideas. Like, it's just these people are ridiculous. Give it a rest, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Let it go already. Yesterday's news. Oh, I mean, so that's how they're going to spin this? Like, right. once they get called on their face? That's bluff. old stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're beyond that. Come on, guys. Give My time. God. I mean, what, what kind of an argument? It says, maybe to you, many people have lots of lingering effects. The point is, whether or not old news, so you're not supposed to talk about how they lied to you aggressively about yeah. from zero to 92%, and this guy's going, bleh. We talk about something else. I just, it blows me away, the willful ignorance. And they could be bots, I guess. Is the bots, point. yeah. Now, here was one of the points. Him, he shared this saying, you know, not, they, they claimed that it was they, the ability to vaccinate speed and stop transmission is the highest priority, right? Here's the interesting part about this. This is just a, an image. So I tried to search for it, right? And it is there. It's in this search. But here's what happens when you search for it. It doesn't show up. That, I, this is, you know, Elon Musk Twitter could be an overlay from before, yeah. but it's not there, right? And here, even to make it clearer, I searched for specifically JPM 2021, which is one of the only things, one of the, you know, hashtags on it. Yeah. And even that, it doesn't show up, but technically it is there because look, it's right. It's right here under the thread. It's right there. See, but that's not how this is supposed to work. That's supposed to pop up with everything that has that, not just the thread with the top tweet. I genuinely think that they're hiding this stuff. I think Pfizer is doing their best or or Twitter or both doing their best to keep this from your view because it does clearly challenge the idea if their highest priority was stopping transmission in 2021 and it's 2022 october 
I'm pretty sure that it's not their highest priority yeah. when they're now saying it doesn't stop. I mean, come on. It's just uh, they're lying to people and actively covering it up. Again, Jordan Sackfeld pointing out repeated tweets saying to prevent COVID-19. And that's how they play the game of saying reducing symptoms. And that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. But it's not because mm-hmm. we just saw Gates and everybody else arguing the opposite before we knew it didn't happen. I mean, they're just playing games with people, hoping you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Here's an interesting point. Oh, no, not this guy. Ben uh, uh, Ben Shapiro. Now, this is something I take issue with seriously. Water, because I was going to plug my computer in real quick. I take issue because he was calling us conspiracy theorists. Yeah, he's a little bastard. When this first started, he was openly screaming that we were all conspiracy theorists. There it goes. We're back. We're back. Hi, folks. <laughs> it does look like we're low on the stream. Let us know if you can still hear us in the chat. It dropped. Oh, there it goes. Coming back. The, the point is that not only was he calling you conspiracy theorists and shouting you down, but the reason why he was doing that is important, right? So here he is saying, we were lied to. Oh, that just, it just turned out. We're almost done. It says, we were lied to by the scientists. We were lied to by Pfizer. We were lied to by the government. The double jab Ben Shapiro has buyer's remorse. I'll just do it this way since we're off the screen. No, you're good. You're good. I just I got distracted by their. Uh... Oh, I can't. I can't hear it anyway. Well, so the, the point is that Ben Shapiro is here saying that this is, you know, we were lied to and this isn't okay and so on. But is that how did we know then? Yeah. Right? How do we manage to f- yeah. suss this out? Oh, wow, wow, wow. Oh, we're good. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. No, it just it was the it was the remembrance from sh- stopping the screen share. Okay. Okay. But that, so you know, how did we know then? Right? How did well we're gonna rush through since so my computer doesn't die the point is guys that how did scott and i know yeah how did the independent media know how yeah. did we know somehow that this thing wasn't what they said it was because we looked at the evidence that's why we dared to actually look at what the, what was going on behind the scenes other than what they were yelling at us apparently mr big-time journalist ben shapiro can't look past what he's being told yep. i mean how else do you perceive that like you would know, Ben, if you'd listen to what we were saying, you would know if you listened to what James Corbett and, and Scott, and everybody else was saying, but yet you shouted us down instead. Right. I mean, how interesting is that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just think it shows you that there's a very clear problem, whether they know they're doing it on purpose or not from these level people, corporate media that are just either pretending that listening to what the government tells them or the CDC while acting like they're challenging them is research yeah. or they're part of an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. They got, I mean, again, they're just saving face. They, they realized that too. Jig yeah. is up and every single one of them dude. the Joe Rogan's like they, they came around right when it was a very opportune time, you know, it was dangerous and detrimental to be screaming about this stuff in 2020, 2021, but yeah, it's nice and safe in spring and summer and fall of 2022. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's approved to start talking about these things, but uh, yeah, it's, and, it's and just the, so sad. Yeah. 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 It, it's just, it's, it's sad to see that these people, are either exposing that they're part of the agenda or that they don't know how to do their own research. You yeah. know, it's, it's just either very, way, either yeah. way you see you're, you're just, you've exposed yourself as a shell or an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Oh. I mean, and it's just, and the problem is that now we're what now what's the next part? What are you buying right now, Ben and everybody else in that position that they're, you know, are we now shouting down the idea that the next thing or climate change or whatever it they're listening to what they're being told. Question it guys question what's happening in front of you that's the reality that's what we're getting at i too. guarantee uh shapiro's up to date on his monkeypox vaccines too. yeah 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 probably he's very concerned about that <laughs> nice but so so here here is the uh the last part we're going to finish with 
that are, or I throw, oh, I, a couple more tweets here. Oh, that's right. I wanted to play this in general, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and skip past this just because of the interest of my battery randomly dying, despite it being plugged in, I don't know what's going wow. on, but, but the, uh, the interesting part here is that this clip, here we go, is an Australian clip talking about how the, the, basically everything they're discussing about, you know, get the injection so you can go back to school, so you can do this, so you can do that. Except the problem is none of that makes sense if it doesn't stop transmission. That, that's the gist of the point here. And now the whole thing is about go back to school, come in my office, or we can meet our friends again, or we can go to the sports games. It's all about transmission. And yet we're at this point now, and they're still arguing that. It just, they, they're just towing the line, towing the line. And as Steve points out, the COVID vaccine is neither safe nor effective. That should be uncontroversial now, despite it is. The real challenge ahead is figuring out which of the other vaccines, if any, are safe and effective. I completely agree. It doesn't mean only COVID. We should be questioning everything, as always. I don't know the answer yet, but I do know there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I agree. I think it's important that we ask these questions. Now, here is a clip of a NHS lady, or specifically, uh, forget, I'm not going to, well, I'm just, I need to rush through this, but she is a member of the media, I think, or a member of the NHS. Regardless, she's getting her vaccine and she's promoting it, but saying, while I'm here, I'm going to get my flu shot. And you know that I love that. You know, I love pointing out that they are literally doing something that their own documentation shows that they isn't safe. And I've showed yeah. these clips many times yep. of the Europe, Europe document, the FDA document, that both of which blatantly say as of September that we don't know. The co-administration of, the, of any of COVID injection along any other injection and the studies about whether that's safe and effective have not been performed. And we don't know long-term safety. Okay, so how is it possible that NHS can stand up and say, get your flu shot next to this? even though we don't know if that's safe, except she says safe and effective. Same point. You guys have heard it a hundred times. It's incredibly obvious. Just show your friends this and ask, how can she say that if we know that they don't know if it's safe? Yeah. Simple point. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Lastly, overlap to the very beginning of Ukraine. Uh, Peter Sweden points out Italy, Italy's new right-wing government will be reinstating all unvaccinated healthcare workers. Good news, right? They are also canceling the fines of, of who were imposed on those people who didn't get vaccinated or age over 50. Huge win for freedom. Now, that's if they follow through with it. I agree. And that's a great news to hear. It's a positive thing to see that there are new things coming into play that will potentially change this back. But the question becomes, is this a means to an end? Now, I hate to be, you know, poo-poo on the good thing, but ask we should ask these questions for obvious reasons. Here's just the tweet, the article, Italy to reinstate health workers who did not comply with the vaccine mandates. Italy's new right-wing government, though, also seeks to affirm support for Ukraine. So, hmm, you know, how's that play, right? So it's, those things are not necessarily overlapped as much as we know that they are in the public discussion. I'm surprised they didn't spin that to say, like, uh, you know, for the second time, uh, or no, for the second time in the last 80 years, Italy reaffirms uh, allegiance with Nazis. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. The, the fascist go. return. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the idea, though, is that it's, we need to consider whether or not, I mean, the Ukraine agenda, I mean, just so are we, is this the right-wing government doing the thing that they know that their followers want them to do to gain support? And are they really in it for you, right? I think the Ukraine argue, point there shows you, at, at the very least, they're willing to fund fascists that are, you know, I, it's, I don't know question yeah. it all guys because yeah. i think there's a whole this this is a whole right versus left thing happening all around the world but in the united states where they're all these republicans are fighting for medical freedom and i ask whether that's the truth or just that it means to an end right sure and finally here is what he said in his tweet just so we can confirm this my first phone call upon entering the 
you know, the Italian government was to Ukrainian foreign minister. His very first phone call was to the foreign minister of Ukraine. That's great. I reaffirmed Italy's full support to Ukraine in defense of freedom against Russian invasion. Because that's what's happening, right? There will be no peace without justice. <laughs> and justice means Ukraine's independence. That's a, I mean, my God. Well, the last two points I have is the overlap with the, the political direction, which I think all of this is about that. Because here's an article from Stat. On the campaign trail, Republicans ramp up anti-science, anti-COVID, often anti-Fauci messaging. Nothing about the foreign policy, Ukraine, all this stuff. It's all about how Republicans are, you know, doing the dangerous thing for your health and Democrats are fighting for your safety. You know, that's the, that's the frame, right? That's really what they keep doing. Um, and oh, oh, see, I do this so often and I hate that I do this. That tweet that I was looking for, I was confused about. Here it is. At the end. (laughs) It was connected to that point, but it was meant to be at the end. And I forgot that I did that. Here's the point. Wyatt Reed. Last point. Five of the top 65 deadliest cities in the United States. This is crazy, actually. Is in they're in Ohio. Five of the 65 deadliest cities are in Ohio. It has low wages, twice the national rate of drug addiction, and some of the most overdoses in the country. But none of this made Unuk run. The possibility that our much-needed money might go to Americans instead of Ukraine did. And that's the point. This clip is saying, I'm Dr. Vanessa Unuk, and when my opponent Warren Davidson voted against aid for Ukraine, I couldn't stand on the sidelines. So her entire premise for running is to make sure Ukrainians get money, or rather the military pretending to fight for them gets money instead of Americans. Wow. And I just think, I mean, he's right. Wyatt is right to point that out. And that is disgusting. Yeah. But this is my question, guys, is are they using politics as a means to an end? And that's always a yes. So I I just hope that we're willing to question these things and the people that are acting like they're on your side because, you know, Obama or anybody else before, they all said the same thing. We're fighting for this. We're fighting for you. We're going to end free, you know, Mm -hmm. or protect free speech and do blah, 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 and close Guantanamo. Didn't do any of that, right? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Yep, totally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's that's the last of what we had lined up today. Um, any any closing remarks, Scott, since you're with me today? Anything you want to add before we wrap it up today? Well, I mean, that's a lot of great stuff, you guys. Ryan, it's always an honor to be here with you. You know what I mean? Like you guys out there, if you were here for the little uh, little uh, snafu in the very beginning, you got some insider information. The rest of you will just leave it. We got big things happening. Big things happening over here at T-Lab Studios, um, Pirate Street Media. Like it's just it's it's uh it's about to take, you know, reach new heights, new Absolutely. new audiences, new new projects. It's just really exciting. Grateful to be a part of it. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and we really do have some big things in the works, some plans yeah. to work towards a position, whether that's a platform or a sole, you know, media platform, whatever, whatever form it takes to build a situation where we no longer even have to consider the flow of information, the suppression, the censorship to where we say something on this platform and whether they try to suppress it or not, we're large enough to where that gets seen. And that's yeah. what's important. And yeah. there's a lot of people out there that don't even have the level we do at this point. We're getting, we're about, my battery's about to die. Yeah. You know, th- 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 there's people out there that are just starting. Yeah. And that's what we're interested in. You know, reach out to us. I mean, it's, it, I doubt that we're going to be bringing people in just yet as we get it set up first. But that's the goal is to create somewhere where people that, you know, have our objective and, and, truth oriented and fact oriented that are going to try to build a platform now. I mean, it's almost like a 99% chance guarantee they're not going to make it because it's like, imagine, I mean, you know, you've, you've come up in this at a time when, I mean, it's just next to impossible because of the suppression. So we're fighting against that guys and everything that we have and every cent that you send in goes towards making sure this can happen. Absolutely. Make sure you support us and anybody out there fighting for the same things. Yeah. And I want you guys to invite you to check out my show too. Like we yeah, talk a lot right. of solutions over there. I recently had a, a guest Camelia on who's local here in Nashville. We're talking about how to, uh, you know, like not 
like make music as a music content creator, like how to make music outside of the uh, music industry, you know? So that's, that's really powerful. We've got people talking about homeschooling options and uh, homeschool curriculums. And so, you know, we're talking about solutions in addition to everything else. So we're going to have more integration in general coming soon. So make sure you keep the lookout for links and cross promotion and so on. But as always guys, thank you for being here. I love you all as always question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We cut off people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. Help! 
But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced.